Wikipedia defines anthology films as an omnibus film package. Wait, omnibus? <laughs> Wikipedia defines omnibus as a volume containing several novels other than items previously. Novels? <laughs> Wikipedia defines novels as... Oh, screw it. Never mind. Anthology films on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. <laughs> Attention, planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer How's everybody doing tonight? It is great to be here in your fine city. I am your host for this evening, Insane Mike, and you are listening to the number one podcast for people who don't listen to podcasts, Attack of the Killer Podcast. (laughs) We are a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together, talk about their common bond, which is horror movies. We pick a topic, which is anthology films for this episode, and talk about the films within that topic. We speak freely, so there may be spoilers. Oh, shoot, I didn't write this down. What is this episode, Jason? This it's is episode one, number... It's 171. 171. Yes. So, um, but now I think it's time, I would like to take this time and talk about our sponsor, Shudder! Shudder. Shudder is awesome, guys. It's Netflix, but for horror fans. I guess you don't even have to be a horror fan, do you? Like, nope, you just gotta like, like films. A regular Joe could like Shudder. <laughs> he sure could. Yeah, and you don't even have to be named Joe. No. You don't even have to be regular. <laughs> <laughs> that helps if you're not. Now, Shudder streams on so many devices nowadays, and I know what you're asking yourself. You're, you're, you're asking yourself, self? Do I really need to pay for another streaming service? Well, where Shudder is concerned, yes, you do. I'm not even joking. I love Shudder. It's got so many like classic horror films, current movies, even original Shudder content. It's amazing. It's awesome. And you can stream. Um, and you can stream it, like I said, just about anywhere for only four ninety nine a month or forty nine ninety nine a year. And you too could be one of the cool kids. So, and wait, wait. You're still not convinced? What? All right, I'll tell you what. I'll hook you up. <laughs> now, don't tell Shudder, but I'm going to give you the first month for free. That's right, the first month for free. All you got to do is go to Shudder.com backslash podcast and use our promo code AOTKP, and you can get a full month of Shudder absolutely free. Free! That, again, is promo code AOTKP, so do it. Do it! Speaking of doing it, (laughs) (laughs) I also want to let you know about our Patreon. Yeah! Yeah. Um, It's cool, guys. Be a supporter of the show. Yeah, if you like like what we're doing here, you can help us uh, out. Um, we, We make all sorts of other content just for you. That's right. And mm-hmm. and we have so much fun making this extra content. We're talking like videos from from different members of the crew. Um, you have my YouTube show, Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten List, where you can see me try to talk as fast as I can within one minute and screw up royally. It's just fun for that. You say YouTube show every time. It is a YouTube show. 
But it's... What's it playing on? On Patreon. It's not... But it's through YouTube. No. <laughs> I, I know. I, I I figured this was the perfect time. To yeah, perfect time. Like five months later, after <laughs> uh, saying five months of YouTube show. Anyway, I just heard you say it in the last episode. I'm like, I don't think he knows that it's not on YouTube. But it technically is. Uh, oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah, but your sweet-ass videos are on there every week on Patreon. A top ten list of things that I want to do a top ten list about that I think is cool. <laughs> so check it out. Oh, what was the most recent one that went up? Do you remember? Uh, you just did... Son of a bitch. Um, top ten thank yous for this for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, top episode. ten things I'm thankful for. That's uh-huh. right. There you go. So cool stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and we also do bonus episodes. You can get a you know collection of the music. You can pick a movie for us to do a commentary episode on. Dangerous power right there. Huge dangerous power. Uh-huh. You can even pick a topic for a bonus episode. It's also very dangerous. So so it's like we're inviting you to be a part of the show by by being a Patreon supporter as well. So do that. Do it now. Pick your level at patreon.com backslash AOTKP. One last thing I want to uh, talk about, and that is the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. If you haven't listened to the show in a while, you're just coming back after a hiatus, you know, uh, for whatever reason, um, you had to do your hair that day, whatever. We have our own podcast network now with, what is it, 12 shows now? Yes, sir. Twelve shows on this network. I remember when we started this endeavor, we started with like six, something like that. And that was only like three or four months ago. And now we're up to 12. So it continually grows with a ton of amazing content from many amazing podcasts, from many amazing people. It's amazing. So He's not wrong. If you like this show, you'll love the others. Check it out at thepfpn.com. Dot com. That's thepfpan.com. So, now I think it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. They just recently saw Brian Wilson in concert together. It was a good show, but they were hoping for a surprise guest appearance by John Stamos. It's the Hawaiian Shirt Twins, Jason Bollinger and Tad Good. Oh man, you wrapped us both into one inch. Wow. Technically, Stamos plays with the Beach Boys, which is Mike, <laughs> Mike Love's version of the band. Listen to him drop some knowledge on you. He, he doesn't play with Brian Wilson's band, but okay. Hi, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was he a freaking so, awesome he show. Sounded, he sounded so insulted. <laughs> Have you seen like, the Kokumpo like, video? Have you seen that? It was, Stamos, it was No, because that is... I love Brian Wilson. I love the Beach Boys, but I that is... I hate that song with every inch hey, of my soul. I've, I've seen the Kokomo video. Yeah, and it has Stamos playing the steel drums in the bomb. Yeah. But um, did you know that Kokomo is the only number one hit from the Beach Boys that Brian Wilson didn't write or produce? Then that's why it sucks. Yeah, he had, no, he had nothing to do with it, so don't blame Brian. Blame yeah. Stamos. No, I don't blame Brian. I <laughs> freaking... I got, but seriously, though... If I were to, I should do a top ten list of my least favorite songs of all time because Kokomo would be number. I'm fucking spoiler. Kokomo would be number one. I hate that song. 
not just do I hate that song because the song sucks, <laughs> but in high school, it's the people who love that song. In gym, <laughs> we would have to run around the, for warm ups. As when gym class started, we had to run around the gym. We had to run to the length of a song for three goddamn years. Every damn day was Kokomo. Oh my god. Every freaking gym class for three flipping years. It was either Kokomo or Eye of the Tiger. So I'm not a big fan of Eye of the Tiger either. It sounds like some either some straight up conditioning or some some really sick like mind games that yeah. the oh, school yeah. system was playing with you. I, I, I no wonder you don't like well, physical activity. Well, it was the it was the cocktail sa- soundtrack, right? I mean, I would want to run if I saw like you know Tom Cruise twirling bottles and all that shit. I'd I'd be right out the door. Just to get me to stop. Oh, I just realized we're not done with interest. Um, so, <laughs> as being recently engaged, I will tell him the secret to a happy marriage remains a secret. Andy Wassum, everybody. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Congrats, yo. Yeah, congratulations, Bunny. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was, but, it, it was time we were she's she's put up with me for about five years now she's <laughs> she's she's got a, poor girl she's got nerves of steel ner- yeah nerves of steel man <laughs> <laughs> okay and lastly our very special guest from the podcast rugged angel cast camila adams hello Hi, welcome. Thanks for being on the show welcome this is awesome <laughs> thanks guys thanks for having me this Glad is going to be interesting. Me having only a slight sort of kind of online friendship with Tad that's <laughs> that's been going on for a couple of years now and we've never met or spoken at all. And then me just now meeting you all. So this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> well welcome uh, we're all we're all friends now. That's right. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna turn it over to Tad here for a minute. All right. Well, we are going to start with Time's everybody's up. everybody's favorite segment, oh. what we watched. She gets the favorite. Yeah, it is. And it's the first and we save the best for first. So <laughs> On this segment, we just sort of um, go around the table and talk about what we've watched recently that isn't part of the podcast. It can be TV, um, movies, horror, not horror, anything. And um, I guess I'll go with Jason to get the long one out of the way. So go ahead and tell us us how many. Oh, my God. This list is even bigger than before. No, I I had 13. I'm just curious. uh, Tad, when did we get a table? (laughs) (laughs) Where's the table? I I have a table in front of me. I don't know about you guys. but I have um, a table in front of me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We've got like three tables on the desk. I thought it was the table. We're we're all sitting around a table, you know, (laughs) imaginary table. Anyways, Jason, what did you watch? I only have five movies and two TV shows. (laughs) Holy cats. So we're not just picking one? Like we're just listing everything? (laughs) when I we originally pick, started this, it was one. Yeah. I tend to yeah. pick one. Jason tends to uh, list 
the IMDb page and entire. <laughs> I, I'm not even. I only talk about the horror ones too. I, I like, have other ones I watch. It's like everything we watch, like you know, birds, kids, you know, Ugh. all that, all that. Shit. So, um, so we're approaching the end of the year, which is our big award show, where we talk about all the films, horror films from 2018, and so I've started my. My last two months of cramming them all in there. I've done pretty good so far on this year, but just trying to get some more in there. So these are all those. Um, I watched Malevolent. It's on. It's on Netflix. It's okay. No. Don't, I'm trying to that. think. That's not the one that's part of the um, trilogy. Okay. I watched Feral. Okay. And it's got that Scout Taylor Compton in it. A little oh. indie film. Nice. Uh it's not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I watched the Blumhouse Truth or Dare. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it I thought so it was okay. better than I expected. Yeah. Okay. For, you know, pretty kids. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was no, didn't like it. I haven't watched it because of the pretty kids. Right. No, that's, <laughs> that's all, yeah. And, and I honestly probably wouldn't have watched it if it wasn't because I knew I had to for yeah. this for our award show. Otherwise, it, I probably wouldn't have. Um, also watched the first Purge. Ooh, nice, Sting. Oh. I'm so bummed. wait the one with Ethan Hawke, like the first one, not or no, the, the or the the new the one first that's in the called story. the first Purge. <laughs> it's sort of yeah. confusing because the yeah. first Purge is like the. Fourth, fourth one, movie? right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really did like. I liked the the first purge. Yeah, yes. me too. I'm a big fan I of agree. the whole franchise, and I'm bummed that I didn't get to see because this is the first one I didn't get to see in the theater. Yeah. Oh well, I think this is the first one I saw in the theater. The other ones I were like straight to video for me. Mm. So it's so, it's cool, you know, because yeah. it shows the beginning of. And you know all how I. And you know how I feel about that stuff, right? I hate prequels, right? In the, especially when they do that crap right in the gotcha. middle of things, right in the middle of everything. I hate going backwards in the storytelling <laughs> in, in, in a franchise of films. I freaking, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. But like, this right one, like, Vikings. what's that? We don't know why? Oh, I you know say why? why? I can give you a thousand reasons why, oh. but, you know, this, we don't have that kind of time. But uh, what I, my point was is that with this particular fran- I'm so forgiving of this franchise because the, concept, the possibilities so, are endless, yeah. and mm-hmm. I'm okay with the possibilities being endless, including because I do kind of want to know. It's just and, another story. Yeah, and and wanting to know how this stuff started doesn't ruin the mythology of right. it like it usually does for me in the prequel con- in prequel concepts. So right. um, it only I think it kind of makes it better because that. The first, the actual first Purge movie, that one, I couldn't care less about any of that, those fucking people. Like, right. Ethan Hawke and his family, I was like, right. get rid of them, fuck them. Yeah. Like, you know what, I'm sorry, I should have asked. Do, are you, yes, curse away, curse, curse oh, yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spoilers and cursing, have at it. Yep. All right. Yeah, uh, I, I would say the first movie in the series is probably my least favorite because... The, the it's such a cool concept and it felt wasted because they stayed at one house i didn't care about that family i want right. to see what's going out in the streets and i they gave that to us in the sequel so i think for, i really liked mm-hmm. i really really liked the first one 
And I'm also a big fan of like home invasion films. I'm also a big fan of like isolated stories and the fact that the whole thing does take just place in one house. I love that stuff. I agree that the concept is so broad that keeping it contained to one house does kind of feel cheapening it a little bit. And I know we talk about a lot on how like you know sequels do not ruin the original. No matter you know no matter what we think of the sequel. We always have the original. We quote that shit all the time. But in this case, I think, like, I think sequels actually enhanced the original. Well, I was just going to say, like, do you think you spent the whole first one uh, imagining all, what was happening outside the sure. house, worrying about all these other storylines? Well, now that you've got them in the two movies after it, would that make the first one better for you? So you can just know that it's just going to be the story and you're not wondering what's going on outside the house and i think it's just i just did not Uh, like that family at all oh yeah i didn't i didn't like them there was no the stakes weren't high for me as to where like oh i really hope they get out of this it's like oh my god somebody get them already he wasn't the most enduring guy no i don't know i i didn't mind the family the i thought the daughter was the worst character of the whole Mm. family she kind of annoyed me but you know i don't know i always had a soft spot i guess for ethan hawk He's dreaming. dreaming. What I think would be, what I think, what I think would be interesting would to maybe like see him do like a web series of those people tracking that one guy and killing people on the way to Ethan Hawke's house. You know, yeah, kind of, kind of give a give you an idea of what the hell they were up to before they even got there. Right. There needs to be a TV show. Just oh, wait. Wait. <laughs> Am I the only one who's watched it? Yeah, I have not yeah, seen it. So. I have not either. I'm, I have like two episodes left, and uh, I've been sort of saving them on the DVR to savor them because uh, I think we're going to be in. Well, th- we're never going to be in a drought with Netflix, Hulu, everything. So much content, <laughs> but it's like when I like something, I don't want to binge it, and then it's then I have to wait a year. So I'm I'm sort of savoring this one. <laughs> so this isn't going to be just a, a one shot. Like it's not a limited series it's nope. like they're they're gonna do a second season yeah it just got renewed for a second season wow. it, it's actually like the concept of it's really cool it's a 10 episode series hour hour long episodes and it it basically follows <coughs> one night so it's it's not quite real time but i mean okay. you know spread out over 10 hours it's it's a lot more content than you get and it follows multiple sort of side stories that don't connect necessarily but it's you're seeing the the purge happening to like four, three or four different groups of people and how it affects them. So it's okay. it's interesting. Huh. I don't know why I haven't started watching it yet. I think it's, it's on USA. I was going to say, because it's on oh. USA and people sort of forget that it exists. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> is like if it was on Netflix, people would probably be loving it. But. Right. Yeah, I think that's my problem. I just forget it even exists as I'm flipping through something to watch. And I'm it's also really so glad, too, with this with this new one that came out that... They are going to continue to still make movies, even though there's a TV series. I was worried when they first announced the TV series. I'm like, oh man, no more movies. So I thought I'd heard the next movie might be the last. Yeah, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. This one wasn't super super good, but it's okay. I liked it. I thought, okay. you know, I still think they should get maybe even more a little a little more political. But I like that it goes in that way that it shows, yeah, you know how how it. I don't know how it worked out and how it started and stuff like they don't, you know, I felt like the first one, they, they sort of shied away from that where like I cared about the family, especially in, I think it's anarchy is my favorite and uh, election year is really good too, but mm-hmm. it's just like, 
I feel like uh, when you follow families that sort of struggle in the first place and they're they're just trying to survive through the night, I don't know. I find that more interesting. So I, I like this one. I, yeah, I think I still think Anarchy's probably my favorite, but this one's up there with Electioneer. Yeah. Well, what else do you watch? Oh, and then uh, I'm all caught up so far with Eli Ross' History of Horror. I think there's just one episode left. Damn it, I still gotta watch that. Too. Did you you watch last night's episode? Oh wait, was that the eighth episode? What was yeah. It? Oh, so no, I haven't watched it. And I've, I've only managed it. to get the first two episodes or watch the first two episodes so far. It's good. I so like it. So good. So good. Yeah. And just I've happens wa- to coincide. I just went to Seattle and went to the Museum of Pop Culture and. Uh, they had a horror exhibit, Whoa. which was nice. amazing. <laughs> oh, man. What do they have in there? Yeah, it we, was like there was like this, this this fun little. Well, yeah, I wish I had uh, my phone stopped working, so I lost a lot of photos from that. Aww. But whatever. Um, so anyway, <laughs> they had like uh, there was a, a nice little chart, a graph on the wall about the different. Um, um, archetypes of the the villains in horror and like where they all come from. There was like a nice little spot where um, you go in and you scream and they take your photo and then they display it. They had Blade's outfit in there. They had a display of like Freddy's sweater and Jason's whole outfit and Michael Myers' whole outfit and nice. um, there was like aquariums with heads in it like from the governor's wall oh, of aquariums cool. from The Walking Dead. Um, there was just it was just so much stuff in there, and it was just it was super flipping scary. They had this coffin that you could, that they were encouraging people to like step into and take a photo, hey. and then like they wait for you to like get get real comfortable, like and it's just just long enough, and then like a voice comes out of nowhere, like and it just scares the hell out of you. Like I, <laughs> I wasn't expecting it at all. And just like I'm just like all right, just take the picture, blah blah, and then you hear this voice, and I'm I freaked the fuck out. It was. Crazy. <laughs> That's is that awesome. exactly when they take the picture? Um, that was probably when my husband took the picture. Yeah, because they're. Cause you could... <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that and they awesome. had like yeah, and they had these cool, um, you know, like videos of, of interviews with different people, and you know, everything was like broken up and like you know the zombies and werewolves and you know mermen or whatever, and you know, kind of how <laughs> that whole thing yeah it was just really cool they had there was this weird maze of like dead bodies it like wrap or like what you would assume would be dead bodies wrapped in cloth just like hanging from the ceiling so it was yeah it was super creepy <laughs> and it was really fun and i was super stoked that i was able to that yeah, it was there that's awesome <laughs> oh, i also watched uh tina and i uh marathoned haunting of hill house Yes. Oh, weekend. I gotta watch that. Holy balls. Because I'm so sick of listening to people talk about it. it. <laughs> yeah, I want to watch it too. I need, need to see it. Yeah, I assume everything I'll say will just be building it up too much, but gosh dang. That's good I, stuff. Yeah, and I'm I'm not a ghost guy. You're the first one. You yeah. know that I'm not a ghost yeah, no, guy. I'm not into ghost but... movies. <laughs> I don't do ghost I'm glad things. you're not a ghost guy. And I'm not a ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. But... <laughs> Holy shit, this was so good. So good. Great. One, it's the writing is incredible because it's very literary. Like, obviously, it's from a novel, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, when screenplays are adapted from novels, you, I don't know, a lot of, 
a lot of the dialogue and stuff comes off more descriptive, more like it's out of a novel. It's like a little less normal conversation between people, how they talk. It's a little more embellished. I don't know how else. Just a little. Yeah, I'm just a not, little to make not it casual. Right. And and I fucking love that. And then just as cinematic as all could be. There's I mean uh I mean episode 6 alone is going to blow your fucking minds cuz it's yes. it's like seven oneers in this like seven edits in this whole episode. It's all the whole damn episode's almost it feels like one take and it's incredible. There was one episode, I think it was episode four, when they were telling the little boy story, and I was stressed the fuck out the entire oh. episode. <laughs> so, yeah, man. I'm not going to say too much more, but yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely recommend. And then lastly, the boy and I, Brighton, we went and saw Overlord yesterday. Need to see that. Overlord. I'm hoping to see it tomorrow, because it's the last day it's in our theater. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Well, you should go. I didn't know anything really about it. I thought I saw maybe a trailer. I, I gathered that it was a World War II type, Nazi type, zombie type thing. Wyatt Russell, that's uh, got uh, that uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Goldie, Goldie Hawn. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're oh. son. Oh, is he the. Okay, I bet I know which one it is. Yeah. So, Pulls up the syringe and says, "What? What is this?" I think he's yeah. one of the para- paratroopers or something. Well, was he good? It was really good. It was there was it was more war movie than it was zombie movie, in my what I was expecting slash mm-hmm. or hoping, but but it didn't matter because it was fucking intense. I the the whole opening scene, the whole beginning, all the war stuff is just. It's just so intense, so realistic. Uh, some of the most realistic, cr- crazy war action I've ever seen. You're just right in the middle of it, and you're just terrified the whole time. And uh, the story's good, and when it goes batshit crazy, it's fucking awesome too. Um, yeah, I was I was really really impressed. But you know, I'm the boy who cried awesome, so I. I understand that, but but it was it was definitely even better than I thought it was going to be. So I really liked it, and that's what I watched. Just a couple things. All right, um, Mike, what do you watch? Well, I think Jason overcompensates because I, I guess, would say Under. undercompensates. Mm-hmm. I only got to see one new thing this this these past couple weeks, and I finally got around to seeing Unsane. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah oh. which, was, which was really good, but like I, I'm thinking that's, I think I've decided it's the worst trailer of all time. It's incredibly misleading because if I want to know, I, I, the whole time I'm waiting for some twist at the end. Like somehow this, this I was convinced going into this movie that there was going to be a surprise ending, and it's it's not, and so I was caught way off guard because of that, but I. I'm not holding it against the movie. It, it, it took me a moment to get over that and be like, at the end of the day, I, it was a really cool movie. And I love the the novelty of the whole thing being shot on the iPhone. Some of that, some of the camera work in it, like some of those angles and stuff, were just in, were just amazing 
you know, and never seen it because what's cool about it is you hear, oh, it was shot on iPhone. And, and then so my other first instinct is like, oh, this is going to be like shot documentary style. No, it's completely shot regular narrative style just with a freaking iPhone. So you're getting angles you don't normally get in a narrative film. And they and it looked good, and, I, and so I was just in awe over the camera work in it, <clears throat> and the use of some of these shots. Now some of it got a little obnoxious, where I'm like, okay, I get it. You're using an iPhone. You don't have to show me ten different angles of a woman sitting on a bench, you know. So, <laughs> uh, but other than that, like, and again, I thought the story was really good. Um, the performances were great, and so I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, that's the only thing I really I've watched other than like my CW superhero shows getting caught up on. Did you realize seasons. that in Unsane that the bad guy is one of the two boys from the Blair Witch Project? Nope, not by your face. What? Uh huh. Oh, you fucking kid! Oh my god! No, I had no idea. <laughs> God damn, which one? You sound so upset. Not Josh. No, I'm not upset. Well, I'm kind of Josh, upset right? in the fact that I didn't pick up on this. Oh, Josh? The, the, the beardy, bearded one. Uh-huh. Holy balls. I'll be back, guys. I'm going to go watch Insane. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch it either until after I was, blew my mind. I wasn't ready. Once you see it, you're like, okay. But yeah. That's right. I know how much you love the Blair Witch, so... Yeah, I do. Oh, wow. And that's that, and that's just awesome Doesn't that make knowing it more that they awesome? it does because like I'm happy that guy's working, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> all right, anyway, so yeah, that's so, all you watched? Yeah. Oh, I, maybe I should give a shout out for the um Goldberg cuz I like I said I've been watching a lot of my good? shows. The Goldberg <laughs> episode with Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was awesome. It was a little on the weird side cuz it it didn't you know, yeah. it was like a dream sequence with the mom, and it didn't quite feel the normal Goldberg vibe. But just having Freddie there, and he was funny as shit, so it was good. That was a good episode. Holy shit! I'm like looking to see what that dude from the Blair Witch Project else has been. In. He was on Bates Motel for a while. What? For really? Like several epi- six episodes of Bates Motel. Oh, Jason, you yeah. watched that? You? Yeah. I was gonna say I watched it too. I didn't pick up on that. I didn't notice him at all. Like James Finnegan was his, his the character's name. I don't. I, I'm not placing him, but huh? He's been doing a lot. He's been steadily working. Good, good, good for, for him. him. Good, good for you, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, Camila, what did you watch? <laughs> um. Well, okay. So, all right. I'll stick with like two things that were like relatively new. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. This uh, movie, American Animals. Have any, have you guys seen that? No, I mm-hmm. wish no. I had because it's it was like a uh, movie pass was promoting it because I think they partnered in it somehow. Oh really? Right? Yeah, I think it was like one of their first vent like ventures before they started failing miserably. <laughs> a movie pass. Um. So yeah, American Animals. It was so flipping awesome. It's um, basically it's a it's a true story about these guys who pulled off this, you know, art heist, like one of the most audacious heists from the U.S. history. And, uh, but the way that it's done is like they, it's part narrative, part documentary. So they actually have the real guys 
intertwined in the actual in the story the way they're telling it. So I would like, like just the the style in which the story is being told. I would highly recommend anybody to watch it. Um, Evan, what's his name? Peter Evan Evan Peters. Is that his name? Yeah, Evan Peters. Yeah, from American yeah. Horror Story. Right. Yeah. 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 Ryan Ryan Murphy's dude. Um, Evan Peters. <laughs> right. Evan Peters is one of the guys in it, and there's like a couple other guys that you would recognize. Um, I forget where they're from, but yeah, it's just basically like a story about these four dudes who just thought that they could and decided to like try to steal some artwork or from a college museum or some shit. But either way, the way the story is told, it's so good. I would highly recommend it. And also, Searching with John Cho. Have you guys? Nope. Heard? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, really? Oh my god. Okay, so this is another one of those like, it's not like groundbreaking the way that the story is told because it's been done before. But it's all just told from the the viewpoint of like his computer of like. It's all just like told through like oh, computer or. I know what you're talking um, about. Yeah, so his daughter goes missing, and he's doing all this stuff to find, to try to find her, and I just I really enjoyed it. It was like it was it's a thriller more than anything, and um, they had a couple twists, some things I did not expect, and uh, yeah, so I think it's on video now. It's rentable, so yeah, you can totally check that out. I would highly recommend it. Is John Cho, is, is it sort cool. of uh, shot like? Um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the the light. Is it shot from like a, a laptop? Because the trailer sort of gave that yeah, um, vibe like, that what, it was like webcam type thing. Yeah, not really like just webcam. It's more like the story is told like as if you were watching him do Google searches, and he's doing like FaceTime, and he's doing um, like looking at security cameras in his house and you know text messages and stuff like that so it's not just like um it's from a webcam it's just like you know the story is actually being told from the laptop okay yeah because i remember um looking at like movie listings seeing what i want to see that the poster was on there and i'm like how why have i not heard of this i felt like they just did a really bad job promoting it like yeah because uh, I had a friend who saw it and was like, dude, have you seen this? It's really, really good. And I was like, well, it, it, it was only in our my theater for like a week. It was one of those things where it came and went so quick. Yeah. But uh, he said if, it was. He said he really enjoyed it. So If I wasn't hot for John Cho, it probably would have gone right past <laughs> me. I probably would have <laughs> totally missed it. <laughs> awesome. Well, Andy, what did you watch? Okay, I'll try to fire him off here about as quick as I can. Um I watched, uh, since I'm like a VHS nut, I, I still love old technology, and I try to make it to video stores that are that still sell them. I bought a movie called Malicious on VHS with uh, Molly Ringwald, and basically it's like a 90s fatal attraction. Oh my god. And, like... <laughs> The, the only reason why I bought it is because, like, the really horny seven-year-old in me just wanted to see Molly, Molly Ringwald's boob. You know, and the internet exists, man. Like, I, I, I don't care. I still wanted to own it. And it's like... <laughs> and, and, her, and her grandmother in, like, 16 Candles was totally right. She sprouted some nice ones. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I also rented uh, Death House with Kane Hodder and all the it's supposed to be like the Expendables of Horror. Oh yeah, we got that. that. We haven't watched it yet. We've got that. Uh, yeah. Oh oh. Is, that, is oh, that the one that 
Is that the one that was produced by John Schneider? Uh, like the Dukes of Hazard guy? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know, but I <laughs> wait. What? <laughs> there was John Schneider was went through a phase where he was going to be producing horror films, and one of his projects was getting all the horror icons together. And uh, the plot line was there's a killer killing all the horror icons. Shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I was. I wish I wouldn't have rented it. I, oh, I was not good. I it re- it literally took a shit in my lap. Is that's the best way I can. Go. <laughs> it's it's not good. It's 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 really not good. I got nothing really good to say. It had so much potential because you know you get to see a lot of these people, but it just really shits the bed in my opinion. Look at you I watching will, a new movie. I was say I think it's been sitting on the shelf for several years, and there's probably a good reason why. Yeah. Uh, I also watched To Hell and Back, the Kane Hodder story, Yay! which I absolutely loved. If I didn't have an abundance of respect for that man now, it's I've got it in spades. That is just an awesome, awesome story, and I recommend it to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. I watched uh, two of the Eli Roth uh, History of Horror. Uh, since I'm, I love slasher movies, so I watched the slasher ones. I just bought them on Amazon. I said, Fuck it, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this shit. I can spend like three dollars on snacks. I can spend it on an episode. Fuck it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I also watched uh, a, a relatively newer drama uh, called "You Were Never Really Here" with Joaquin oh, Phoenix. That's good. Oh, I, I want to see it too. so bad. Oh. It's it's not bad. I, I I think it's a little hard to follow in some spots because he's having like all these flashbacks all the time. <laughs> And it's really you—you kind of—it's really uh, subjective. You have to kind of piece it together yourself as to you know what's going on in his head. But it's—it was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, also, I've been binging the shit out of Paradise PD on Netflix. It's hilarious. Watch it. It is funny as hell. What? What? Uh, Paradise PD. It's about this uh, police force, and they got like a drug sniffing dog that literally sniffs drugs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's always he's, he's just high as hell all the time, and it's got it's got a lot more other characters. Oh god! <laughs> I watched uh, Wet Hot American Summer for the first time. That's not what bad. for the first time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, missing I, out. Yeah. Well, you we're missing out till now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think I watched the movie of the year uh, yesterday, uh, the other day, and that's Bohemian Rhapsody. And I was damn I, hell I, yeah. I still have to see that. It is so goddamn good. I, <laughs> it's too it's, bad Tad hated it. What? Didn't hate it. Just just have uh, <laughs> some beef. I have some beefs with it. His history uh, nerdness got to him. I think. Well, c- chronologically, and all. The, the way that they uh, say how when they released the songs and when they produced them, it's it's off. And I picked up on that, but I'm I can forgive that. Um, also. Uh, I mean, I, I found it to be a pretty damn big tearjerker because that, that whole uh, last oh, yeah. performance, that last performance, you know, captured all the emotion and everything, you know, because the backstory that built up to that last ending performance and him performing with everything going on in his life at that point, you know, that him performing the way he wanted to and the way he wanted to go out, in my opinion, that said more than any amount of dialogue could. And the band reacting to him, you yep. know, just 
performing, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm like ready to, I'm like a little girl who just stand her fucking knee. I'm like ready to ball. Hey, and I'm gonna come in like a wrecking ball, and this is why I didn't like the movie. He didn't even know he had AIDS at that point. Just as a heads up, that's oh, all wow. fabricated for the movie. Huh. Well, it, it's still effective, I think. Um, plus, you know him, and then and then him hugging his. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. The, the, when he when he hugged his dad oh, and fuck, said, yeah. you know, good thoughts, good words, you know, good. Yeah, anybody who has ever, you know, uh, had problems with their dad, you know, and it just it it affected me. I'm just like, oh god, I gotta pull it together, otherwise I'm gonna start, <laughs> I, I'm gonna start sobbing. I'm I'm in bad shape here. I still gotta watch the rest of the movie. But uh, I re- it go go see it. I I think it's probably the best thing that I have seen all year, hands down. <laughs> That performance is pretty fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. oh my god! I mean, He's... for a movie, I didn't, I didn't care for some of the liberties they took in the writing, but the performance is uh, hard to deny. So, mm-hmm. and some the shots in this movie are incredible, just of the crowd and just you know the just the reflections and it's yeah. I, I I'm gonna go see it again. I'm gonna I'm gonna, I need to watch it twice just because I think I literally missed stuff because. It gave me goosebumps more than once just watching. I'm just like, God damn, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> is that everything you watched? That 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 is everything. What awesome. about you, Ted? Um, actually, I have a short list for the first time. Usually, I don't get much watched, but I've gotten a lot since the last time we talked. But I'll blast through it. I saw Girl with the Spider's Web. I was sorely disappointed that. Fed Alvarez did not deliver on this one. I didn't love it. It felt like a standard um, action movie. Nothing special about it. Don't recommend. Um, I saw... Let's see. I actually watched something that I had on my list forever in my queue, and in honor of this episode for anthologies, I finally watched XX. Oh, nice. And like I said, I've had that on my uh, list forever. And I should not have waited this long, but I finally watched it. I really enjoyed it. I don't know if uh, it sounds like you guys have seen it, but it's basically... That's the one with all the women directors? Yeah, yeah. it's yep. like an yeah, anthology with uh, women directors. And the thing that sort of first uh, attracted me to it is Annie Clark or St. Vincent directed one. And I, I love her, so um, I should have watched this a long time ago. I really liked it. The wraparound was really cool. Each film was really cool. I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I really enjoyed it, and I wish I would have watched it earlier. Yeah, it felt it, like it went went by really quick. It was a great one. I'm trying to remember all the individual stories, because I think when I watched it, that was around the time we were watching. There was just a lot of anthologies that came out at yeah. that time. I think there was, there was one story, like a birthday party with a rabbit's costume. Was that one of them? There was a birthday, yeah, with the, the dead with dad the de- they put in the birthday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. with, with I can't remember that actress's name. I I, I I should remember it because I love her and everything she's in. God dang right. it, what is her yeah. name? Yeah, she's in the movie with Elijah Wood. Um, recently was, for Netflix. Yeah. Oh yeah, was also that? What? Oh yeah. Uh, but there was also one where the little kid wouldn't eat. Right in the box. That was the box. Right. He saw the box on the subway. Oh yeah, yeah that one. That one. It's creepy. The kid slowly just disintegrates. Right. That one just tore me up. I couldn't handle that one. Yeah, and um, 
Yeah, but, so I really enjoyed that anthology. That was cool. Melanie Linsky. Yes. Yeah. Melanie Linsky. You who, love her. Who I also love from Heavenly Creatures and um and it just and it, and it took me years to realize that she was also like the uh the the psychotic woman from Two and a Half Men that was always like trying to always get Always after Charlie. Always yeah. after Charlie. Yeah, she's really good. She's too good for that show. Oh, definitely. Um, <laughs> but uh, and yeah. then um, let's see. Friday, this past Friday night, I do every year. I I use the theater whenever there's a day open for my birthday, and <laughs> I bring my friends together and I show them movies that um, are either funny or fun or crazy or uncomfortable, just for the fun of my sick pleasures and it's a surprise to everyone right yeah no one knows what i'm going to play usually do a double feature with sort of a theme together but um i don't let anybody have any clues as to what i'm showing i just sit them down and show them to them uh so this year i did i started with blood rage i don't know if anybody's familiar (laughs) Uh, that's the is that the twins that uh one of them's the killer and then yeah uh, yeah, it's a slasher film. Yeah. It's a th- it's a Thanksgiving themed slasher. That one it takes place okay. during Thanksgiving. Yeah. There are three there are three movies that I always get confused by the title. That one, there's the one with Tiny Tim just as a clown, and then there's the one with the ghost samurai. Ghost I, Warrior? No, no, no. There's a, it's a slasher film where it's a, the ghost of the samurai that's killing people. All three batshit crazy movies, but I always get the names jumbled jumbled together and forget which one's which. But yeah, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. But I, I that was just sort of a primer. I've been <laughs> like last year I showed um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Santa Slay with Bill Goldberg. Like yeah. I, I got I got a late sort of uh, date open so it was like right before Christmas this year. I got it right before Thanksgiving, so I I wanted to do the only really. To me, the only really um, Thanksgiving, like good Thanksgiving slasher. So I threw that in there. I put a little package, like a preview package of different fun trailers and stupid videos before it. Um, and then I, I really unleashed um, to me what's like the best one maybe I've I've done yet. And I showed everybody the Greasy Strangler. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm so bummed I didn't get to go. And uh, I see that. The, it was fantastic because there was there, there was some I mean you Jason Mike you know Russ Fry from the film festival him and his wife were there which is great nice. uh, my boss <laughs> was there I love um, Russ yeah oh yeah you know Russ too yeah and my boss Russ was there um, of course there was a few yeah so I I made sure you know that there was some people who I thought would just probably get up and leave. They all made it all the way through Greasy Strangler. Uh, <laughs> I, I gave them a, I gave them a heads up like before the movie. I said this movie made me extremely uncomfortable, so um, I will not be offended if you get up and leave during the movie. I would rather that you did and and don't feel bad. Like I'd rather you do that than be polite and sit through it if you do not want to. Everyone made it through and they all loved it. And uh, you know now now we're all a little bit closer since we've all watched <laughs> that together. <laughs> but, um, I've, I, Camila or um, Andy, have you have you guys ever seen? Greasy I have Strangler? never seen the Greasy or even heard of the Greasy oh Strangler. Boy. Oh my god! It's, <laughs> it's one of my favorite movies. Don't watch the trailer because it gives away too much. Um, but I've heard the, it, but... the plot is pretty 
pretty. I mean, I can't even really nope. talk about it because it doesn't make any sense. It's like a this father is a recent and recent movie. This yeah, is, yeah, it's very yeah, recent. Father and a father and son who run a disco tour around town. Um, <laughs> they live together. They fall for the same girl. Disco um, walking tour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they 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 fight over the same girl, but at night, um, the son is suspecting that his father might be the greasy strangler because he dips everything he eats or does every his whole life revolves around grease. Everything has is not greasy enough, oh and uh, so every night he has to go through the the automatic car wash to wash all the grease <laughs> off. So you see. Uh, Full frontal old man nudity. About I'm gonna tell you every- right now, Tan. I'm not strong enough for it. I'm not gonna. No, be able- <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's tough. It is tough to sit through. It's a lot of full frontal, uncomfortable male nudity. Yeah, I don't. I don't see me. Yeah, it's <laughs> me in the John Walt John Waters <laughs> realm. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the stills, like the dudes that are starring in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Here, and by like, looking at them, you're probably imagining. Like I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can make it an hour and thirty three minutes. <laughs> And when you look well, at those I mean, people, I've, I've sat through Watchmen, and I had to see Doctor Manhattan's like twenty foot, <laughs> twenty foot Smurf schlong. You know, oh, no, this is way worse. Oh no, this. Okay. Oh, still, Andy, you have no idea. I still haven't watched Watchmen, and I gotta tell you, like when my husband and I first started dating, one day I walked in the room, and he was watching Walk Watchmen, and it was that scene. <laughs> like me not knowing anything about what was going on, I'm just like, what the fuck? What are you watching? Right now? What kind of Smurf porno are you watching right now? <laughs> Pretty accurate, but yeah, that I unleashed that to everybody. Oh, um, man, the course. crowd, like there was some really awkward silent moments, and then like I'm so proud some of really, you right now. <laughs> some really big laughs, but oh man, that was that was like so fantastic to unleash that to people. Like everybody that was there now is you know they're all calling each other bullshit artists. They're all in the club. Bullshit artists. Yeah, lots of um, great bush. Yeah. There you go. So uh, those that was my double feature. And then I have one more that um, I watched technically two, but I watched it as, as one thing. Last Saturday, we had Greg Sestro at the Capitol Theater from The Room. I know. I'm um, I missed out disa- on that, too. Artist of the Disaster Artist, or um, author of the Disaster Artist. I, to be completely honest, until he walked in the door, I wasn't sure he was coming. Uh mm. We got somehow, I don't know how he affords to do it. He's on tour, and somehow we got him booked in between, like, Fargo and Madison, Wisconsin or something. Like, I have no Damn. idea why he came to Burlington, but um, he flew into Iowa and drove here and set up all of his books, and he couldn't have been a nicer, sweeter guy. Like, That's awesome. I, yeah, I always worry a little bit, and... Well, worry a little bit's an understatement. I, like, don't sleep until, you know, if we have a guest coming, like, I freak out that everything's got to be perfect. And I want to, I'm like, man, he's going to come here and there's not going to be enough people. He's going to be pissed. He's going to be, like, you know, he's never going to want to come back, whatever. And he came in and he was like, man, your town's really, really awesome. Like, I've, I've been walking around downtown. This is really nice. He just, he came and sat with us. He came and talked movies, uh, just hung out, and, you know, wanted to go get some food. He was just... I'm just a fucking normal guy, and then you know, hung out and took pictures with everybody. Uh, did the Q and A. Couldn't have been a nicer, more pleasant guest. Uh, very grateful for people to show up, which always is cool to me. Like when you have somebody like this, and like when we had Andre Gower, is that we didn't have you know 300 people, but every single person that came in that door knew who he was, knew his career, was so happy to see him. Was was probably like it seemed like everybody's very. Um, 
just sort of in awe that he was there. And then he spent time to speak to everybody, which is really cool. But, um, yeah, anyways, he showed his new movies, Best Friends Volume 1 and Volume 2, two feature-length films that were filmed back-to-back. Um, just sort of, I don't even really know how to describe them, sort of crime um, crime noir sort of thriller movies, I don't, but they have a, a big element of comedy in them. Uh, Greg wrote these movies when he, after taking a road trip with Tommy Wiseau, um, and Tommy was completely convinced that Greg was trying to murder him. So <laughs> that he wrote this, he was inspired by this. He, he took some edibles and started writing, he said. And then when they got the screenplay finished, he thought, well, this is too long. This is going to be two movies. So they filmed it as one and then split it into two movies. Um, surprisingly and almost disappointingly good. That's what I sort of told them <laughs> when he asked me how they were. I'm like, uh, I was expecting them, you know, to not be as good as they were. So he sort of said that was typical, that people were sort of expecting him and Tommy to almost make a bad movie on purpose. And when they see this, they're surprised that it's actually well made. And I think it sort of shows that Greg is super, like, actually has a whole lot of talent for writing and, and acting. It's just that he was put in a shit movie, you know, 15 years ago in the room. And, you know, he sort of got that reputation where it wasn't necessarily deserved. That's sort of, you know, all on Tommy. And this this movie sort of, he wrote to Tommy's strengths in these movies. So Tommy sort of plays himself, which actually helps with his inability to act, I would say. <laughs> but uh, when, you, when you write the characters so that they don't really have to act, it really helps. When Tommy just sort of plays himself, it, it's actually, you know, it's funny and it's endearing and, these movies are great. He has some of these, uh, some of the co-stars that are in, especially in Volume Two. I think you guys would really dig. But you, you have to see. It's not something you can watch Volume One without two, and you can't watch two be- before one. So you have to watch both of them or none of them. But they're at, they're surprisingly good, and you can see Volume One on iTunes right now, and I think Amazon, and then Volume Two comes out January nineteenth, and you can you can pre-order a Blu-ray of both volumes with some deleted scenes and a commentary with uh, Greg and Tommy. And he, he told me some really cool stuff that's that's sort of a surprise on the Blu-ray that once you see the movie, you'll make sense. But it's just some really cool shit. And uh, I honestly was sort of surprised by how good these movies were. I was I, I sort of booked him on the novelty of him just being in the room and Disaster Artist, him coming. And it's like his, his movies were an afterthought, but his movies are actually very good. So Cool. Yeah, they, he he direct, he wrote these and had a, a friend direct them, and they got picked up by Lionsgate. So Lionsgate has been doing this tour with Greg and sending him on the road, and it's sort of cool. So nice. That's what I watched. Cool. Yeah. All right. So do we have time for the topic, or should we? Yes. Okay. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> topic: anthology films. We had a this list isn't of, our first rodeo. No, this is the second time we did unto, we've done anthology films. Um, so I'm considering it like this this episode. I want to call it, and we don't have to, but I want to call it Anthology's Story Two, as if this is the second chapter of our anthology film. Okay. Mm. I'll explain it more. <laughs> as if no, we get it, we get it. Okay. We get it. <laughs> so we have our list of films. Tad, what uh, what one should we start talking about first? 
I will go ahead and say I'm just going to start off with my favorite in the group, and I'm going to go with Tales from the Hood, the original. There you go. <laughs> this one I remember watching when I was young and not quite understanding the heaviness of it. Mm-hmm. I saw, you know, I remember the the comedy from it, the humor in it, and then. You know, as I rewatched it, probably as a teenager, it was a little more serious. And now I watch it, and it's like, man, this is a, you know, this is pretty heavy for, for especially for the time. And uh, but it still has a, a good sense of humor to it. But this is sort of an anthology that, you know, these these guys sort of go to a funeral home, and each they they walk around the funeral home, and there's different stories that relate. The, the I guess caretaker, you'd say, sort of tells stories about each of the people in the funeral home so there's nice little short films from each one and there's some pretty heavy topics in this but some pretty yeah. pretty uh gnarly effects like the the one with the uh the little kid who's you know he shows up at school and he's got <laughs> right yeah <crazy laughs> stuff and then yeah how they they brutally kill the 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 i guess his mom's boyfriend oh, right. man, so gnarly like they twist the body up and he ends up in just a pile of goo and yeah, this, but you know, this sort of sort of faces some, like I said, some pretty heavy political, you know, like police brutality, and mm. you know, oh, there's just some domestic <laughs> violence, some heavy heavy stuff for sort of a funny at times com or horror movie. Right. I mean, this one is far superior uh, to the second one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hands down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got so, some yeah, issues I mean, with the second one. So. Right. So, like this one. I this was like out in '95, so I had just graduated from high school when this movie came out, and so I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I, I saw it in the theater, perhaps. Um, and yeah, you know, I old enough for me to get all of the the um, the messages they are putting down in there, but the one that always struck with me was the the story of the puppet or the little dolls. Oh my god, those yeah, dolls yeah. are so creepy. It's just so creepy, but um. Yeah, it's just surprising. Uh, first of all, you got the guy who's the, the Undertaker and the um, I forget. I think his name is Clarence something. Clarence and Clarence I always Williams the third. Yes, yeah. and I always know him as Prince's dad in Purple Rain. Uh, yeah, um, that's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you see him a lot in a lot of uh, black films and projects and stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, they. It, it was. I have such a heart like. I have a hard time saying it's a good film, but it's not bad, like, in comparison to the rest of the other ones. And um, <laughs> the, like, a lot of the messages were, like, really heavy-handed, and I get it. And I, and I guess in 95, that's where we were at this point in time. It's like, okay, we now we've, we finally have a, a platform. We can go ahead and, and tell these stories. Someone's allowing this to happen. So we just, we want no misconceptions. Well, this is what this story is about, and this is the, what you should be, the lesson you should be learning from it. So, yeah, they don't they don't, uh, you know, beat around the bush. It's straightforward. Now, you know, looking at it as an adult, I'm like, man, I, when I watched this as a kid, I had I, I just it went right over my head. I was just there for the blood and guts. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, they had something to say with it. What 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 I really, really enjoy about this is because they 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 took this they took their stories of with you know, contemporary uh, African-American issues at the time, but they also stuck to the classic EC Tales from the Crypt formula. Yeah. Where you have, 
uh, nasty people doing, you know, horrible things to downtrodden or oppressed people, and then they get their comeuppance by a much more sinister force than than what they are. Yeah, they are really super heavy on the villain. The villain is the villain in oh, these yeah. movies. Like, yeah. My God. It's just pile on. How much more shit can this person do that's just evil? It's like, okay, we get it. We want this person to die. They're going to die a gruesome death because <laughs> they are being the worst possible version of a human being that they can be. Yeah, I, you have to absolutely yeah, root root against those guys. Like, I mean, the dad, the cops, everybody. It's mm-hmm. like there's no there's there's a line in the sand. It's very clear who the bad and the good guy is. I'm now upset about. I'm upset with Corbin Burnson. I totally forgot about this role. Like, I know, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. I I I can't. I don't know. It's going to be a minute before I can go back and watch Psych anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so upset with him right now. <laughs> He's, he'll, he'll always be Roger Dorn to me, you know. He can't get in front of the ball. That's right. It was weird uh, seeing uh, David Allen Greer play a bad guy. Right? I know. Yeah, that yeah that, was, that, was, that was weird. But he I'm, was I'm, good at it. To, he was good, but it was still... the guy with... Sorry, go ahead. I'm just saying, it was still hard to take him seriously. Yeah. So when he's getting all smashed up, I was kind of laughing. It was, to me, it was kind of... It's kind of comical. It was done in a cartoony way, like it a was. Looney Tunes oh, way. you want to draw fucked up pictures of people? Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that speaks to what Andy said, though. Too, there's a lot of cartoony elements to this whole movie, which gives it that like old EC Comics kind of feel. You know, a little bit more of like a creep show feel to it, or just any old mm-hmm. classic horror comics. Um, and and yeah. I love that stuff and 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 yes and the themes are all the same where you know it's 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 somebody doing evil things and and something supernatural getting revenge for it and I love that stuff and I think it that, that kind of formula only works in an anthology you can't watch a a whole narrative film where you're following the villain the whole time and right. and give a shit about them but uh, but it works really really well in this Andy Andy I interrupted you what were you gonna say. I I'm just I just want to say I can watch Clarence Williams act batshit crazy all day long. Oh yeah, he stole this I movie wish... for me. He was my favorite part of this whole movie. The I shit. wish he would. <laughs> yes, the shit. I'm gonna give my line of the movie here. You'll be knee deep in the shit. <laughs> I love. I could listen to him scream all day, and it'd be hilarious. And this is like every t- every time he shows up on on camera, like he gets sweatier and sweatier and sweatier. By the end, he's just like dripping sweat. And if, <laughs> and if eyes are bugging out, and he's he has to stall. Yeah. If you pay attention to him, there's certain things that give away that he's not really, other than you know his you know bug eyes and just crazy talk. Like when he gives Joe Torrey that thing of ice, he just literally puts the ice in his shirt and then just hands him this cloth from his shirt and his shirt's still there. Uh, he's smoking a stogie in one scene and he puts the lit stogie in his pocket like it's like yeah. it's not even a deal. <laughs> huh. uh, I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> totally I, I didn't even that. catch the stogie yeah, thing. Just, yeah. yeah, watch watch it again sometime. He's doing like certain stuff that, you know, like, what he what he's what he's able to do just makes completely no sense. It should be like you know he's, there's no way he should be able to pull that off. Well, the the uh, shirt thing I did catch because I thought that was really weird. Like he yeah because like I'm like okay so you tucked the towel into your pants so you could put the ice in. I'm like what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Is it like that scene where um, 
and hide her in the house where um, Busey's playing with the bowls for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just question. Um, I would I would like to point out in the cop story. Did any one of you know the guy who played Martin Morehouse, Tom Wright? He was also the hitchhiker in another uh, anthology series. He was the hitchhiker in Creepshow Two. No oh. kidding. Nice. Oh, yes. oh wow. Um, also, right, one, lady. Exactly. <laughs> also, one of the cops uh, was Michael Massey, uh, and I believe this might have been his first movie after he made After the Crow, because it was him who pulled the trigger, unbeknownst to him, that shot the bullet oh. that killed Brandon, Brandon Lee. He yeah. had to take, he had to take a year off to like. Uh, not yeah, be crazy, that. yeah. Because yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, of course, he would never me- meant to hurt anybody, but I mean, right. he yeah, literally, sure. I mean, that's a lot of shit to lay on somebody, yeah, through the negligence, yeah. It's a lot. I saw him a few years ago, actually. I know he passed away like maybe a couple years ago, and I saw him at a bar in Chicago like a few years before that, a couple years before that, and it was just it was awkward. Like just to watch him be, be in public be a human? like that, like yeah, yeah. yeah and I think uh, he was like with a couple of ladies who were, um, you know, not or much younger than him, and you know, I, I'm assuming it was all. He didn't seem too far removed from his character in The Crow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of the cops, uh, one of my favorite parts of this movie. I've grown a special soft spot for Wings Hauser. I don't know if it's all the MST3K that I've been watching, <laughs> but man, I just, I don't know. He's probably so, the coolest fucking name. Well, that that's yeah. a lot of it, <laughs> Wings Hauser. But. I think I've only seen him in like Beastmaster 2 and then this other, like, uh, No Safe Haven. You guys ever, yeah, B-movie. Nope. No, I don't no. know that one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I know him from The Young and the Restless, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Beverly Hills 90210. So he was. <laughs> <laughs> Roseanne. He was in a lot of stuff. Dude was working his ass off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Eddie's Kohlhauser's father, correct? Oh! Okay. <laughs> now. You know, Benny oh, from Days and Confused. You know? I do love mm. me some Cole Hauser. Nice. Anybody notice that Martin Morehouse had like an ecto cooler in his chest or whatever that green shit was? Was it like reanimator fluid? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Favorite segments? Uh, even though they were the creepiest, I would have to say like the no, I can't, I can't with the dolls. I'm gonna have to go with the little boy because I like the fact that they. Um, how he got the power back and it was just something as simple as he just believed. And I don't know why it took so long, but whatevs he he managed to, you know, he got the job done. (laughs) That's my favorite too. Just because he, it's just uh, satisfying when he gets it in the end. Yeah. Jason. Oh man. I don't know. Okay. Andy. (laughs) <laughs> um, well, I, I do, I do like the monster one. I mean, cause David Allen Greer, uh, like, like I said, I wanted to touch on this before, 
Um, I'm used. I'm. I remember seeing him in like Boomerang and then like Amazon Women on the Moon, <laughs> and uh, just to see him folded up like an accordion and he's still talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> it's like this ain't over, bitch. You know. This, uh, okay. But I will say, I I I really liked the the last one with Crazy K because. That scene when he's up, uh, you know, across the way from that racist guy. Oh my God, what a piece of shit! That guy played a piece of shit. Like, and he's only on screen for like five minutes, and I'm just like, oh my God! I just like, I wanted to go wash my hands after I saw that guy. I mean, yeah. he, was such, he was such a piece of shit, ah. and I'm just like, man, that that's that's a great heavy, you know. If I feel that way, mm. um, yeah, but, I, I'm with you. That was, but. Honestly, though, that whole segment was probably my least favorite. You know, it just, I don't know. It didn't feel like it went anywhere. I don't know. Like it it's just got whole batshit crazy and then just was just kind of like, oh, no, this was a Jacob's Ladder moment. Right. Let's see. All of these ridiculous, all of these, like, disgusting images of racism throughout just, yeah. like, flipping over and over and over again. And then, you know, first I'm, I'm just, I am horrified and just like completely um you know like thrown off by all of this and then i'm like i'm confused as to why this dude looks so tiny like why does he look like he has like a size like 21 waist (laughs) 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 he's like four foot six like i don't understand like what the whole point was why this dude's body was so damn small i'd have to say i don't know i'd have to say my favorite segment was the one with where the cops kill the the one guy, and then he comes back and and kills them, because the thing that sold me on that whole thing was the ending of that one. For me, these type of when it comes to anthologies, it's always the ending that's the big sell for me, because I feel mm-hmm. like it's got to have that yeah. again that that old comic book horror, horror comics moment of like the surprise at the end or whatever. And for me, the imagery of him becoming that painting on the wall. Yeah. It's freaking yeah. cool. Just his face melting and then morphing into the into the painting. Oh, I thought it was Yeah, it was really awesome. Was really awesome. Um I do like the wraparound. Uh just Clarence Clarence Williams and you yes. know uh Stack Ball and Bulldog. <laughs> and I just thought the fight the uh, and I'll shut up here after this. I just like I thought the way that uh when they when they first get scared when like the the shutter comes up. Yeah plug mm. uh but <laughs> when it when it flaps up bulldog he, he puts his he puts his hands up and he's got his pinkies out and i'm just like what the hell you you gotta break your hands man <laughs> who the hell punches like that uh, yeah i i love the wraparound a lot too and, and clarence is probably is the linchpin of all of that for sure you know, and I just and it, it reminded me a lot of the original Tales from the Crypt movie too. I mean, I knew I knew by the time we got there, they were going to be that the whole thing was just them in hell that they're already dead. Um, n- not that it ruined it. it you know, it's like the, even though I say these these little stories have like a twist to them or a surprise ending, not really a surprise, but it's just the coolness of that whole comic theme. The only thing that took me out of that moment when it's like, surprise, you're in hell, is just a lot of that, like, digital effects stuff. 90s. Terrible. 
Yeah. Mm. For its time, yeah. It was With that shitty animated snake tongue that popped out for a second. I'm like, I, I like jumped back. I like had a jump moment. Not that it scared me. I'm just like, oh my god, it's awful. <laughs> the gun's heating up and yeah. 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 I, I will say I, I will say this. Uh, Rusty Cundeef, who was the teacher in uh, the the teacher segment with the kid, he he also directed this, and he also did a lot of uh, episodes of uh, the Chappelle Show. He directed a lot oh, okay. of episodes of the, of the Chappelle Show, and uh, his mother played the old woman in the the Corbin Burton story. That was uh, Rusty, Rusty's, oh, okay. Rusty's mother. Oh, and apparently he is from Pittsburgh, where I live. Oh. Oh, nice. You're from Pittsburgh. Yes. Pittsburgh. I, I attended the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. Now we're talking. Shut uh, the front door. Yeah. So did I. Oh, nice. No, when I attended, though, that was like decades ago. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah. Man, I miss Pittsburgh. Well, decades like what? I was like 90... 98 99 oh. oh well not that not that far off then um it was like 91 92 for me oh okay yeah. yeah cool cool small world he, he also directed another movie on this list if we want to transition <laughs> transition <laughs> sure to <laughs> the not so great sequel but <laughs> yeah. oh god I, I, I guess I didn't hate it as much as you seem to, too, because you've been sort of groaning about it already. Dude, first of all, dumbass beat, dumbass bitch industries. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I spotted that right away. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that was the first. I, re- I, I read dumbass bitch in my head before I did <laughs> Dumas Beach. <laughs> like, <it> was... <laughs> I hated everything about this one. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy cow. Honestly. Like, each, wow. each story. Each, you know, the uh, uh, Keith David, I don't hate Keith him. Keith David, but... that jacket is awesome. <laughs> he, oh, that jacket was <laughs> awesome. I want, a, I want that outfit so bad. He can't say the shit near as good as Clarence no, Williams. No, it was no, way, no, too, much. way yeah, too much. Yeah, I'm like... David, I like go back and forth where he is concerned because, like, I, I still, like, feel icky from uh, his oh. his role in Requiem from a Dream, Requiem oh. for a Dream. Oh, I know. Man. So every I time I see him, I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> I, I want to remember him from They Live in like Men at yep. Work when yeah. he gets pissed yeah. off for taking <laughs> taking your fries. You know, <laughs> remember Absolutely. that. You will live a long and healthy life. But <laughs> I I love the guy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It's 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 hard to look past Requiem for a Dream. Oh, that movie scarred me so bad. I, uh, I cried for like two hours after I saw that movie. <laughs> I can't even hear the music. Like I, I remember, he runs and hides if he does. I, I do. I remember, like you know, it, in a house where we had like three or four guys living in it, and I'm in my bedroom and I hear somebody put that movie on. As soon as I hear the music, I'm like crawling under my covers, <laughs> head under the pillow. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, but um. This this one was was bad. Uh, there was just so many, there were so many tropes and stereotypes, and then just like the, it was just a trash movie. I can't. Get past it. Yeah, it felt yes. definitely. Uh, there, it, it felt like it was direct to video for sure. Right. Yeah, and, and it 
it, it's definitely it, it cover it tries to cover a lot of the same topics that the first one does with its messages, but like the messages are so forced in this one. Like oh it's, it goes too far. It's it's that moment in land. It's I sum it up as that moment in Land of the Dead when Dennis Hopper's picking his nose and says, uh, um, uh, "Oh, what's the line? You know, we don't we don't cave into terrorism or whatever." Um, you know, it's it's just way too forced, and and they obviously went way more for comedy in this one, where but yet the comedy really doesn't work. Now the good golly one, come on! Well, yeah, <laughs> I was like into the good golly one up until the moment they turn around and the, there's a giant good golly doll standing there, and I'm like, oh, okay, God. where's this going? And then she has a romantic relationship with the doll. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> this is some trauma shit going on right now. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then they just like all explode. Like she gives birth to like a billion of them, and she's just like, "Oh, my cute babies!" Or what? They I were just <laughs> they were popping out of her belly like popcorn. They even that had like popcorn thought. sound effects going on. <laughs> well, you, I, uh, I, you guys yeah. needed it more than I did. I I liked. There liked, was some, still some good stuff. I, I liked. Thought. I liked it all except for the last piece. I thought, like, if you look up the definition of heavy-handed, that last one with the flashback, flash forward with the slave oh. house. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, that Emmett, one. Emmett Till one. Yeah, that geez, one was putting me to sleep. Was I'm sorry. Like, just the writing itself was awful. To and be honest, I like was fast forwarding a lot through that one. It By was that point, so I was like, bad. <laughs> it was so forced and heavy handed. It was terrible. Yeah, it was, and, and, it was, and I think that ruined the taste of the whole movie because it was the last. It thing. was the last one. And, I was know, doing and fine. Yeah. I was doing fine <laughs> with it. I I liked the the doll thing. I, I didn't mind. You know, one of the things I liked about the doll thing. Was the callback to the first movie by having that uh, that that other doll from yep. the first movie yep. in that segment? Uh, that's Shit, fine. that's the only thing good about it. <laughs> I think Keith David is fine. It's that the head of the head of the whatever. I didn't like him at oh, all. Oh, that performance! I don't know if it's the performance, but the writing of that I character, his dialogue was so yeah. freaking. Again, it was so forced. Nobody talks like that. No. You could be the biggest prick on the planet. The biggest yeah. racist on the planet, and you still don't talk like that, especially in front of other people. And I mean, I think we all figured out uh, Keith David's plan. You know? Well, we knew who he was. He was, you know, and oh, but that I, last that last piece was just some of the worst writing. I wasn't clear as on why he was there to begin with. Like, yeah, what, what, what a like, terrible He was there to tell was. stories to this guy who was making a robot. It didn't make any fucking sense. Like, there's nobody else in the planet. There's nobody else in the room that could just tell stories. He's known for telling stories, Mike. I mean, shit. Open a book of fables. I mean, that shit. Like, he's known for telling good stories. Shit. If it's if it's so goddamn advanced, if it can you know arrest humans, it should be able to fucking read. I know, right? Like, I can read the con- can read. I can read exactly. the nutritional the nutritional value of off of a cereal box, and it probably would have been sufficient. For the robot, yeah, the and then the robot itself. When that was, <laughs> that was funny. Uh, probably not on purpose. <laughs> danger, Will Robinson. Danger. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> it was. Uh, 
was tough. What was, what were the some of the other segments though? Because I know there was one I liked. I can't remember which one. The say the seance one where the gangsters are trying to find the loot of this this oh, ex camp. I thought that was. I, I mean, it, it wasn't great, but it was it was fun. Right. Yeah, I that one I didn't fun. mind, and it, it, it's and it, but I was caught off guard. I thought maybe like I had dozed off or something, because because it starts off with the with those gang members and they kill the one guy in the chair, and then it cuts to this guy doing this TV show where Me too. he could speak to the dead, and I'm like, what, did I miss something? Did right. Other- I thought that I had like I thought I was falling asleep, or I precisely <laughs> sat on the remote or something. <laughs> <laughs> What was the other I one though? Why can't I remember? I don't know, but the vampire chicks, right? Like they are yes. they drug them and try no. to kill them. Yeah. And that, again, that dialogue that dialogue shit. between those two when the girls are passed out, again, it's so the message is so overly forced. I'm like, I get it. These guys are are jerks. Right. They're they're not even playing they don't even know how to play cards against humanity correctly. Like uh, Thank that, you. <laughs> I'm like, what do you? Th- this isn't how it's played. <laughs> you don't say whose card it is. Right, it's- right. Defeats the purpose. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't mind that one. But I think it was because it was the shortest of all of them. Yeah, it was over quick. It got it got I in and I, out. So yeah, I, I do. F- I did find one redeeming quality that. Um, when the gangsters are still looking for the loot, they were watching the house on Haunted Hill, the That's original true. 1958 version. So uh, I missed that. Yep, that was the best part of the movie when it was a different <laughs> exactly. movie. Exactly. <laughs> 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 oh, wasn't there well, one I more guess, segment? Um, oh, I don't have a, I'm trying to remember. I literally watched it today and can't remember. God. <laughs> There were the vampires, the vampires. there were the, the seance, the, the Emmett Till one, Emmett, Emmett Till, and Gollies. F- I swear there the were five. Wrap around, the wraparound, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe I don't like anything in this one. Like, <laughs> I guess for me, the vampire one was the best one, but again, it was so short. You know, and it was just kind of a typical little twist that still fell into that theme of what I like about these anthology films, right. you know, and then it had just an, that little extra twist there where they wake up to like a bunch of hungry half vampires what, that devour them. So I don't know. And this is the one that kind of burst doing this episode too, when this one, cause this mm-hmm. one just come out it's on Netflix. Everyone can watch it and should, if I had to, you have to. <laughs> yeah. Listen to our singing endorsements of it and go watch yeah. it. <laughs> it's just a major, it's just a major bummer, right? Because like the first one is so good and it's made by the same people. Yeah. 20 years and later. Yet, right. And then yeah. they missed the marks so hard. I feel like, Derek from the Campfire Indoctrination podcast, also on the PFPN, he wrote me after he watched it, and he's like, man, this is great. So now I really... Well, I've, we've questioned Derek's That's taste true. for a That's long nice. time. Hi, Derek. Why you got to pull his podcast off the network, man? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he's got to be fucking with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We we'll probably see. said that just to see what your reaction was. Right. He tricked me. Now, into now we it. all have to watch it because he's some some dude on the network 
recommended it to Jason. Now we're all sitting here watching this garbage movie. <laughs> Let's pick a different movie. Well, so you you mentioned House on Haunted Hill. Speaking of Vincent Price, dun dun dun, Vinny P. <laughs> so Monster Netflix. Club, right? <laughs> He's in both of them. Oh, yeah. He is. He's he has a big presence in this episode. Well, this, well, this well, it it kind of ties together with Tales from the Hood, one and two, because From a Whisper to a Scream was also produced by Darren Scott, who produced uh, the previous uh, Tales from the Hood and, and Tales from the Hood two, actually. Really? So they, so they yes, they actually tie together in a weird sort of way. Interesting. And Clue is in it. Gosh. Yeah, Gulliger. I have never heard of this movie before. Monster Club? I yeah, I was not uh, familiar with this at all. This is from a whisper to a scream. Yeah, sorry, I jumped the gun oh, on Monster Club. We jumped. Oh, yeah, oh, that I one jumped I, the gun. I, I'm sorry. That one I didn't watch. <laughs> I didn't make it to that one. I mean, and it has uh, Rosalind Cash, who was also in uh, the first Tales from the Hood. She was the one that was uh, trying to rehabilitate uh, Crazy K. Uh, Terry Kaiser, uh, who uh, played Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's, is in this. Uh, also, He's also in Friday the 13th, Part 7, The New Blood. Yes, and he was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Nice. And I'm going to admit um, that I, get, I didn't get a chance to watch this one either, which really saddens me because, to be perfectly honest, this was the one I was looking forward to the most. Because it's also... Um, one of Jeff Burr's early films, yeah. and I love Jeff Burr. Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, Ste- uh, Stepfather two, uh, I love his stuff. And the fact that it's got Vincent Price in it and all the other actors you guys are mentioning, and that it's an anthology film, I'm like, oh, how have I never seen this movie before? But I haven't, and I still haven't because I suck. So um, this is all I'm going to have to say about this movie, unfortunately. <laughs> This well, one, I remember seeing uh, the cover several times and sort of, like, it's one of those movies that you see the, the tape on the shelf for years and you sort of make up a story in your mind, like, yeah, I've seen that one, but you've never seen it. I don't know if anyone else does that. But yeah, it's probably I've like, been there. Yeah, I probably, <laughs> saw, like, I saw the cover when I was a kid and I just assumed I had watched it at some point and I thought I knew what it was about and it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't too far off, but, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't hate it. It wasn't as I mean I think Scream Factory just recently did a like a special edition Blu-ray, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. But I mean it's not it's not horrible. It's, it didn't uh, wow me, I guess. But I I will say that it, I also noticed that uh, when when the warden uh, you know kills. Uh, Catherine White, I believe her name is, who is the niece of Julian White, who is Vincent Price, plays Vincent Price in this movie. He's he's our basically kind of like our storyteller, our narrator. Uh, narrator. Uh, Lawrence Turney is the warden, and he is Joe from Reservoir Dogs, the boss. Oh, yeah, that yeah. I, I now I realize that. And, of course, I love the fact that Vincent always says the word, my dear, when he refers to a woman in his movies. Watch his movies. He will say it every single oh. time. Oh, nice. He said, oh, yes, my dear. 
yeah, that's my Vincent Price, my my bad Vincent Price impression. Um, so, are we going to talk about this one and spoil it for Mike since he didn't uh, watch it? Heck yeah. Uh, well, basically, uh, Julian uh, starts telling this reporter who was in contact with his niece. He says that this where they live, which is uh, Old Field, Tennessee, is evil in, in, in and of itself. And it just produces, you know, evil people, which, you know, starts leading into these uh, stories. And uh, there's... I believe there is... Is there four or is, or is there three? There's... Uh, uh, four. Two. Okay. Um, I I would like to touch on the the one that I thought was... My, my personal favorite of the stories that he, that he tells about this town is the... Uh, it's about this... It's called Amaryllis uh, Canfield and... Uh, it's about this uh, traveling carnival, which is called uh, Lovecraft's Traveling Amusements, which is tip of the cat to uh, Mr. H.P. Lovecraft. Exactly. Thank you. And uh, I love the fact that they have Master from Master Blaster. Uh, he's a carnival hawker, and he's telling people, you know, step right up, step right up. You know, the dude from uh, Beyond Thunderdome, little... Uh, small person or whatever they're called. I want to be. <laughs> um, and basically it's the story about this the love story between this. Uh, they call him Arden, but his real name is Stephen and he eats nuts, glass, razors and all this other shit, you know, and it doesn't hurt him. And he's in love with this girl and he can't, uh, he can't seem to, you know, go go anywhere from her. He can't leave the carnival because basically he's under this uh, he's under this woman's spell, this snake woman who runs this, uh, this the carnival. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. And uh, basically, he tries to get he tries to go away with her, and the the gore at the end is is great because she she basically takes away his power to you know imbibe all this shit that he's got in his system which he which is how he makes money and once he's away she takes away his power and all this stuff that he eat that he has ate before starts to secrete through his system he's got screws coming out of his fucking fingernails he's got razor blades shooting through his chest and the blood is spraying all over this this woman that he's in love with which in turn you know it it kills her and but the voodoo woman brings brings her back to life, and she becomes the human pincushion, and it just shows her crying like the whole time. I just I thought it was I thought it was the coolest story out of the bunch for me. That was my highlight too. I thought that one that one's the most memorable because I'm even drawing a blank on some of the other ones, but that one you know stuck out to me. It sort of reminded me of Toby Hooper's The Fun House in a way, not just because it was a sideshow, but just the overall feeling of it was like. You know, in the in the the fun house, um, they sort of. Um, I'm trying to remember. Um, Gunther is sort of ruled by the the gypsy that sort of runs the the carnival. Sort of the same vein of that, but yeah, this is sort of a tragic story. But they they told it in a more fun way, I guess. 
Um, plus, you know, I'm a little par- uh, partial to these kind of stories. Be Well, to this story, because I was a huge fan of the HBO series Carnival. Did you guys ever see that? No, I never did see that. I watched a couple of the first episodes of that, but I didn't get into it. Yeah, I mean, just just, and I'm I'm a I'm a sucker for time oriented pieces like that, you know. So I think that's that's why I kind of like some of the old stories that they had, you know, in this anthology, you know, with the Civil War and uh, and and the the 50s with uh, the Jesse Hardwick story as well. I can't remember which one. I know Tad watched it. I watched it. Who else watched it? I uh, assume Jason. I right? watched it. I'm. I don't know if I remember it as well as I thought I did, but I remember it being pretty cool. Um, I just watched Monster Party after it, and I just remember that one more. That's what happened I, to me. But that's the kind of the I, problem with watching all these like anthologies back to back because they sort of run into each other. Yeah, yeah. I I will say the most disturbing story is definitely got to be the one with Clue uh, uh, Gulliger. Uh, oh, yeah. And he plays this, uh, I mean, basically, long, long story short, he ends up killing this girl that he eventually gets to go on a date with her. And he's like this this really nerdy guy. His Coke bottle glasses are like just insane. Um, but he always has, he's got this really creepy relationship with her, with her sister because she had rheumatic fever and he has to bathe her in like ice. So he's oh, like, yeah. bathe, he's bathing his sister, which is like, unimaginably creepy and he's got this he's got this slick back uh like blonde you know hair that makes him just look like a nazi which is really really creepy and uh so he always has to bathe his sister so he ends up you know getting to go on this date with this girl and she's got like these huge like 80s glasses and uh he ends up killing her because she like uh put you know blows him off or whatever and so she's dead on the side of the road, and then he, he breaks into the funeral home, and, well, basically he pours this champagne, and he has a date, quotation fingers, with her, and he, he, gets, he eventually goes home, and then nine months later, he kills his sister, and he... He eventually basically gets killed by his zombie son that he had after having sex with a corpse. Yeah, that old story. <laughs> yeah, you know that story, yeah. No, thought, <laughs> this one weirded me out from the beginning because it's like he's bathing his sister and she's like... And they don't shy away from it. Like, she's fully nude in the movie, which yeah. is fucking weird. Like, well, I didn't catch on that it was his sister for at least yeah, two baths. It, yeah, because he, he mentions <laughs> it, like, at the date that he takes care of his adult, lives as a adult. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. yeah, and it's now like. Now it's less weird. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> and the second time that he bathes her, she's, like, painted up like a $2 hooker, dude. I mean, she's, like, yeah. got, like, yeah, this. like, rose cheeks and. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> but Clue has the uh, so good. the line of the movie. Don't you fuck? Our, I mean, he's uh, this. Uh, he thinks it's like the cat, I think, or something, and he's chasing it around with something to kill it with. And he says, "Don't you fuck around with me, boy." After he's like, uh, <laughs> he's like all meek and meager, and now he's Mister Badass after he's drowned his sister, drowned his naked sister, 
and uh, had sex with a corpse, and now he's a badass. <laughs> That's how so you a, a, a classic coming of age tale. Huh. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I think he like spits beer onto his shirt like on purpose, and he's singing like this <laughs> weird love song that he. <laughs> He's just a creepy fucking bastard. Yeah, the hairdo made it feel like he went into the... Like he was Jake Busey's dad. <laughs> Weirdly. I don't know. It was it was crazy with those glasses. And... Yeah, this isn't one I would probably re-watch as often as I do, you know, like the creep show or trick or treat or any of the, my other favorite anthologies. I mean, it's, it wasn't bad, but it's not, I'm not going to be rushing out to buy the Blu-ray or anything until a birthday party next year. Maybe <laughs> no, this is not, this is not up to that standard. <laughs> yeah. The bar is set so high now at the greasy strangler. I know. I might as well stop having birthdays. I couldn't yes. be any more prouder to call you my friend. <laughs> people watch the greasy strangler oh, in a theater full of people. For your you know, birthday, you, so they couldn't leave because right. then they'd be just be assholes who walked out on your birthday. Oh, you want to watch? You want to watch a full frontal <coughs> naked old man in a car wash, but you can't watch a guy bathe his sister. <laughs> and basically, yeah, this one was way creepier than that. I, I mean, I Whoa. mean, the the choices. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. you gotta you gotta weigh these things out. Well. Greasy Strangler is endlessly entertaining, so... Uh, hell yeah, it oh, is. I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt don't it. Don't you love I the need... score? Isn't the score yeah, great? Yeah, it's fucking weird, too. Everything Freak about it is fucking score. weird. So fucking it's like weird. Tim and Eric did drugs and made a fucking sex movie or something. Yep. It's yeah, like, it's like if Tim comparison. and Eric try to make a porn or something. I don't even know how to explain it. So that's Anyways. a really good comparison, absolutely. Another, another great... Uh, line of the film is Vincent Price and he says it really good and he says Lovecraft and Poe I'll drink to those two masters of horror I'm just like well said Vince <laughs> <laughs> well yeah they gave him a career so of course you better toast <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's there's a civil war story with uh, uh, Union soldiers and they stumble onto uh uh, these these kids that are basically still fighting the war for their murdered parents and yeah that one was sort of iffy to me like the kids' performances were pretty hard to watch yeah it's like uh, children of the it's like children of the corn set in the civil war yeah yeah like exactly. kids are running the town <laughs> and they, the war is still happening there and they kidnapped this guy and I I don't know I didn't love it I, I had a hard time even staying awake for that one. And I think that was like the was that like the last segment. So I felt like the <coughs> the uh, sideshow one. It was hard, you know, to keep up. Yeah. The and then the they had the uh, the the Jesse Hardwick story where he basically gets stranded in uh, this this criminal gets stranded stranded in the uh, in the swamp and he finds this this old this old guy takes him in and you know nurses him back to health basically with you know voodoo magic this elixir and this guy wants this elixir so he can you know have it for himself after this guy went and helped him and he tries to he tries to kill him but he's just like i already gave you the elixir you know oh yeah yeah that's a twist is that he already had he already has it even though he's trying to get it yeah and 
this guy ends up chopping up this this criminal, but he can't die now. So he's like basically he's mutilated and he and he was and he then he set him on fire. So basically he's gonna live that way in like agonizing ass pain for the rest of well, for however long this elixir lasts, like seventy years or something like that. And yeah. he's already like he's gotta be like in his mid to late thirties. So yeah, the twist was yeah, that he's now he's fucked for the rest of his life. Yeah. His long extended life. And the doctor's saying like there's no way that this guy can be fucking alive, but he is. Yeah. Yeah. That I think that covers all the segments on this one. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean they were they were hit and miss, but I really I really enjoyed the uh the story about the the carnival one. Yeah, me too. That was worth that made watching the movie worth it cuz that was cool. Yeah. I love a good sideshow movie. Like anything to do with sideshow freaks. I should probably watch Carnival because I love that. Yeah. I guess uh, Vincent Only Price, when... he sort of uh, merges into our next one if we want to move on. And the next one is Monster Club. All right. Did you get to watch this one? I did watch this one. And I had seen this one before. Um long time ago back when i was younger and i didn't appreciate it then because i could not get past and i'll be honest still to this day watching it again i don't know if i can still get past the shitty ass monster effects in this movie are they monster effects or just masks i'm yeah i was being extremely generous Which, by calling them effects yeah no, i just thought you're like okay i accept it's bad they're tried and move on, you know. Like. I don't. I question if they tried. I don't even know if you could say that to be honest. Because again, and so the sad. Oh, go ahead. The sad thing. The sad thing is, I think that um, poor Donald Pleasance had to probably either go or two from escape from New York to the Monster Club. <laughs> He went from one great thing to, well, this. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I thought I the concept is cool. Like I've never seen this before. It's another one that I've heard about for several years. The wraparound, as bad as the monsters are. And the, <laughs> there's, there's a really, like the, the really long music sequence that is completely unnecessary. It felt like there's... Everyone... Like, yeah, it felt like yeah, it was a whole time. song each time. It was a yeah. whole, it was a whole entire ass song. In yeah, between like, each why do one. we? We don't need to see this. I like, loved it. it. Weird. <laughs> I loved all the music segments. <laughs> Mon- Monsters rule. Okay. God damn it! Oh, the songs are so good. And this, the one, the sucker uh, one, was kind of catchy. The what was it like? He was like making the slurp. sucking. Yeah. <laughs> And it was something he was saying like suckers, blood. I don't know. He was saying something I'm sucker. A, I'm a sucker for your love. I yes. think. That was it. Yes. That's it. That's what. Oh, it yeah, was. I paused it there and sent a picture of that to Tina. I, I remember like, that Oh, you now. catchy bastard. <laughs> I I will say this. I do want that uh, monsters genealogical 
chart. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah, that's a poster. I want a, yeah. a where goo, a vam goo, a maddie, a ready. You know, <laughs> well, Vincent's whole speech on that was just like, yeah. damn, dude. Well, see, this is my thing, okay? Yes, I still cannot get past how horrible the monsters look in this movie because it is just, they don't even try putting them in cool costumes, no. you know, outfits. It's like a guy in a turtleneck sweater, turtleneck sweater with a freaking rubber latex mask on his head. Like a, yeah, it's like a Rite Aid Halloween yeah. costume is what's happening. And I was I was confused at first. I was like, so is this like a monsters club or just people dressed up as monsters are hanging out? Yeah, it's like, al- yeah, it's almost as if you're waiting for the end of the movie where they reveal what they actually look like under the masks because <laughs> it's ob- they're obviously masks. And and there's way too many close-up shots of these monsters in these fucking rubber masks. <laughs> but beside all that, <laughs> I really I like this one. I really do. Um, I like those musical numbers too because I, I think the songs are cool. Yeah, I want um, the soundtrack so bad. I I really like the songs. It, it does kind of maybe take you out a little bit because it is literally the whole song yeah. of a band I, playing I'm on stage. Out, man. Yeah, they they really stretch in that running time. Um, and I think this was 1980, I believe. So the movie itself. 81. Oh, 81. Okay, mm. 81. So the movie itself, and and I'm pretty sure it's a British production, um, and it's yeah. got Vincent Price, uh, David Carradine, or wait, I get John my Carradine's, Carradine. Thank you, I get my Carradine's messed up. Uh, John Carradine, uh, Donald Pleasance. So, and the fact that it's an anthology film, it really has um, almost like a Hammer feel to it, or even better, an Amicus yeah. Amicus feel to it in the stories itself, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, boom, you're slapped with. Um, you're slapped with 80s pop rock through the whole thing. So it's it's so disjointed in that thing that yeah. and I loved it for that. I thought that UB40 really cool. is actually on the soundtrack. Yeah, UB40 was the last <laughs> band that played. Like how crazy is that? UB40. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because that's like in the opening credits they're like soundtrack and then they list and then I was just like happened like UB40 is the only one I caught at that moment. I was like, am I reading this correctly? What is what is happening? <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed all the stories. I, I like how there's some like tonal cha- tonal changes in the stories, like how the vampire one was definitely more of a comedy one. You know, you got <laughs> you've got that Phantom of the Opera esque story with the I forget the names of the monsters, but you know the guy. You know, well, I guess it's more of a Beauty and the Beast kind of story. That's what I, that's the way I was thinking of it. Yeah, like the shed the Shadmook. Shad yeah, Shadmock or whatever. I was um, just calling Whistler. Yeah, was that yeah. even better? Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed all the stories. I enjoyed the wraparound for the most part because s- some of those dialogues that Vincent Price have in this oh. fucking movie is top notch. It's like you said when they go through the chart and him explaining, you know, a werewolf has sex with a well, he doesn't have sex, say sex, but you know, women of you know, get, uh, yeah, a werewolf gets together with a vampire and they create this and it's going through the whole thing. Yeah. His speech at the end about how humans are the worst oh, of yeah. the monsters. You was, should be in the club. Yeah. Yeah. Was freaking <laughs> amazing. I yeah. made, um, for Halloween Palooza this year, for the goodie bag, I made a compilation CD for all the goodie bags. And I put that speech at the beginning of the CD because I just think it's so nice. such a great Vincent Price speech. Dude, you hear that Vincent Price like reciting Green Eggs and Ham, and it's just like an amazing yeah, <laughs> speech yeah. or whatever. It's like I will listen to it and be like, "Oh my god, he's so insightful." Yeah, uh, no, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, so 
at the end of the day, I really like this movie. It's again, it is hard to get first get past this fucking river masks, but <laughs> or that shitty ass werewolf makeup. Oh my god! Oh, it's his beard. <laughs> that guy with that, the guy with the glasses. Yes, it was more his personality than the makeup for me. Oh, uh, he was having a hell of a time trying to talk through those damn fake teeth, wasn't he? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the fuck is this guy saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could just pick out so many little moments of this movie that I really enjoyed. Again, from like like Vincent Price's speeches through the whole movie. I like, I love how they have this whole mythology through the genealogical chart, creating a lot of their own monsters, which is really cool. Yeah. I always appreciate that. Oh as well. yeah. And the fact that all these segments are tied to one of these monsters that they've created through this whole mythology. And they explain things about the mythology, like right there at the beginning, Vincent Price, you know, talking about how he didn't take, you know, drink enough to turn um, mm-hmm. John Carradine and like, you know, and oh, setting up all these My cool blood little... tastes good. Great. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And then just the relationship between those two through the whole movie was yeah. cool to watch. Uh, for... For as shitty as the effects are, I was blown away by the cinematography of this film. The lighting, you should know, Jason, that I loved the lighting scheme in this movie. The greens and the reds um, <coughs> on on Vincent Price and, and John Carradine sitting at that table was just so beautiful to me. And this whatever whatever version this was that I watched on Amazon was so crisp and clear and beautiful. Yeah, um, pretty good. I assume it's the Screen Factory one. And... Or, my favorite thing, probably my least favorite story, because I felt like it kind of drug on a little bit, was like the village, that that village of monsters. Um, but it I had like one of the. One. It was that. I said I I really like that one. But uh, it had one of my. But it did have one of my favorite moments when they're telling the history of the town or whatever, and it's all oh, the to- illustrations. Yeah, those are Steve Bassetti illustrations, man. I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, that's Steve Bassetti. One of my favorite. Artists of all time, hands down, one of my favorite horror artists of all time. Literally yeah, I, my favorite I, horror star, artist of all time. So that was awesome. I'm like, holy crap. I they thought those Steve were really art. stellar. They looked really, really good. That's when, when I was just like, whoa, I kind of leaned forward. I was just like, damn, those are really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you need Plus to read th- some like '70s Swamp Thing comics, then, because you know Steve <laughs> Steve Bassetti is freaking awesome. He also did the comic book adaptation for Creepshow. Um, he did a lot of the original artwork designs for Return of Living Dead, and he's just an amazing artist. He's just freaking awesome. Anyway, he did well, a lot of did a lot of creepy comics back in the day, and oh yeah, just good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, the the fiance bought me the like the original Creepshow comic because she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I also want that table that John Carradine and Vincent Price are sitting at, that coffin, whatever they... Did you guys get a good look at the table that they were sitting at in the Monster Club? Uh, no, no, not really. No. It was actually pretty badass. It was shaped like a coffin. Oh, yeah. It, it had like, like a glass top. Yeah. Yeah, it was badass. It was like a tiny one. It's like a, a coffin end table, if you will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and plus, it was it was really cool to see Britt Eklund... Uh, in this, in this too, uh, because I'm a huge fan. Probably in my top three horror movies of all time is The Wicker Man, which I have absolutely loved. It's good seeing her and 
you know, different things. I'm assuming you mean the original Wicker Man. Well, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, the Nicolas Cage one is the greatest unintentional comedy of all time. <laughs> that might be a future birthday movie. <laughs> the bees! <laughs> they won't bring back your fucking honey! <laughs> so, yeah. Anybody else? I feel like I went on and on about this one. I think you covered it. Like, I was just more enthralled with uh, Vincent Price, and you kind of, you touched on all of those really good good spots where he's concerned, because, I mean, I've always, I don't know what it is or where it comes from. Probably Michael Jackson's Thriller was probably where I was introduced to Vincent Price. So, it's just, I've just always been fascinated by that man. Absolutely. I absolutely I I agree totally. I I think for me Vincent Price when I I think I saw the first time I saw him was probably when I was around maybe 7 or 8 and this is when they would replay old movies on TBS a lot and I think House of Wax came mm. on. Yeah. And the only thing that I can come up with, you know, because I was just, I, I just was mesmerized, you know, by this film because it was, it was scary, but it was, it was, it was just tame enough for me, for my mom to probably let me watch at the time. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, he was the first, he was the first bad guy that you could not help but like. Yes. He was the first one that you wanted to root for. Yes, he was. There was something so suave and debonair about him, and just exactly. real smooth. Exactly. Even like a, I think, a House on Haunted Hill was that the one? I think that's yeah. the first one, first film I've actually saw him in when I was like really young. And it's like, oh my god, he's kind of a dick to his wife, but he's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, even even as Roderick Usher and. Mm. Uh, my God, there's there's so there's so many. Just I mean, Theater of Blood, and you could go you could go on and on. Just the you know. tingler, yeah, yeah. First first guy to trip balls on the LSD. Well, <laughs> act like it anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a true testimony right there on how good Vincent Price is. If he can pull off convincingly the concept of the fucking tingler to an audience, <laughs> <laughs> scream. Scream for your lives. <laughs> That's pretty good Vincent Price. It is. <laughs> That's better than um, than uh, John Hader's impression. <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Late, ladies and gentlemen. Scream for your lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we love you, Vince. <laughs> we miss you. One of my... One of my favorite possessions in my horror collection is the Hangman board game with Vincent Price on I've the got it. on the cover. What's that? You got I've it. I've got it. Yeah. I also I also awesome. have the uh, the shrinking apple head uh, game complete. You son of a bee, man! That's <laughs> awesome. I'll I'll put it on Patreon. I'll show it off on Patreon. Oh, you better. That's awesome. I know exactly what you're talking about too. I've always wanted that. I also want. I also want his cookbooks too. I've got oh, one. Yeah. I've got. You, they, they were, you suck. God damn it. Well, he's a real they, fan, Mike. That's oh my like, god. 
Well, they re-released it. Like they, uh, it's called Cooking Price Rise, and uh, my girlfriend got it. Well, my fiance now got it for me uh, last Christmas, and they've got a really good stuffed pepper recipe in there. It's the bomb. It's really good. And he is looking like really pristine in this. Like this is like the most Vincent Price. Vincent Price has ever Vincent Priced on the cover of this book. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Price is a verb. I love it. (laughs) All right, cool. Well, um, man, we covered a lot of ground. So I think that's about it. I think we need to do a Vincent Price episode. Have you guys done that? I think you're right. Yeah, you are right. We totally need to do a Vincent Price episode. And then one of you guys has to cook whatever, like some, have provide <laughs> snacks from Vincent Price Cookbook. There you go. Well, <laughs> it's going to have to be Andy because he's got one and I don't. So There it is. Uh, that, there's a Patreon video. Andy cooks Vincent Price recipes. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> Love it. Was okay. Andy the one doing the Vincent Price impression? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So you got to do it in the voice too, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta do the, a whole Patreon video of me cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I am sure there are people that would pay good U.S. dollars for that. There you go. <laughs> I, I know I would. Yep. People out there listening, if you want to uh, make this happen, if you want to see this happen, oh, screw you! <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to cook a goddamn thing. <laughs> see, you have to make your own goddamn food. <laughs> he was doing impressions on the first episode he was on this show. That's true. Yeah. A little bit more impressions. Yeah. My my Ving Rames. Yeah. Oh my god, don't god start that again. You're killing I, me. You're killing me. <laughs> I'm pretty fucking far from okay. <laughs> oh man. Alright, well on that note, we're gonna take a break. Should we say oh, bye to Camila too while we're yes yes thanks that. guys for having me on it's yes. been super fun yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on thanks, thanks and so I will much. happily like if you ever feel like you want to invite me back on I will happily come on back great it's been of great course. having you I'll keep you updated on topics and everything totally. so that you know if there's one that strikes your fancy you can join us awesome now I would like to give you a quick minute uh, quick minute here to be uh, to talk about um, your show for the listeners. Well, I have a couple of them. I have, as you oh, mentioned nice. before, I have the Rugged Angel cast, where it's just um, I interview a different woman every week about whatever you know project is that she's got going on in her life or whatever she's up to. Um, it's uh, mostly been a lot of artists and creatives, just because that's who I roll with and that's who I know. But um, every once in a while, I'll get um, like authors, some teachers, some entrepreneurs, some real estate moguls and whatnot. So um, we just I try to provide just a platform for women to go ahead and talk about what's going on with them. And I also have, my husband and I do a movie podcast uh, called Down to Watch, where, um, you know, we talk about movies, TV, and sometimes music. Uh, For a while, I was training, my husband is from Kansas, and um, I had realized, like, after we had gotten married, that there's, like, a whole slew of 90s hip-hop that he missed and didn't know about. And so, like, the first, first, like, five episodes are me giving him, like, specific 90s hip-hop albums, and he listens to them (laughs) and comes back, and we talk about them. Cool. So that's that's how we started that podcast. And um, the other podcast is me and my friend Marcella. We are re-watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it's called Revisiting Sunnydale. 
Wow, three podcasts. Oh, Damn. Yeah, you're slacking, Mike. I am. I only got two. And one of them I do like maybe two episodes a year. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, you know, there's a Dallas Watch isn't that consistent. Uh, it's more like whenever like we can get around to it. We happened, we managed to pull off a Halloween episode with, uh, I think we did Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, but yeah, uh, the only, the, I'm pretty consistent with uh, the Buffy one because Marcella, my co-host, she just manages to come over and then we'll knock like we'll record like four in an afternoon, and then we'll be good for a minute. <laughs> and that's super cool that you married a guy from the Kansas band. That's really neat. <laughs> that's super cool. <laughs> what? What? <clears throat> no. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Holy shit. He's one of the wayward sons. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, thanks for being on. This has been a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank you, guys. Cool. So so then we're going to take a break. When we come back, it'll be segments time on Attack of the Killer Podcast. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back. So it's segments time on Attack of the Killer podcast. It's time for everybody's favorite shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 That's right. It's everybody's favorite segment, shout-outs. We just asked... I love what... how this is a thing now. Yeah. It's a... Uh... Uh, asked what your favorite anthology horror film was, and we got this super sweet, awesome, exclusive Facebook group that's not exclusive, it's public, anyone can join, but, uh, and we asked in there, we got some cool answers. Uh, Don and Ellie's up first, he says, I forgot how good Tales from the Hood was until revisiting it, revisiting it with the recent blue release. While I've always found Torture Garden... Asylum and the House that Drip Blood, the best of the amicus efforts. Also worth looking into, the Philippine series Shake, Rattle, and Roll, which is an anthology series that features 15 different films in the format from the country. And from the Philippines? Most oh, I are rather enjoyable. Uh-huh. From the, I, oh, I love Shake, Rattle, and Roll. I love Philippine I, movies. The Bill Haley and the Comets? That's right. <laughs> That's one of the fifteen stories. I didn't. I didn't really realize he was Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> Up next, we got Andrew Moller. Moller says, "Trick or treat." Yeah, so good. Of nope. course. No, no, wrong. XX. Yeah. Now we're all caught up. Uh, Tales of Halloween. I really like that one, one of, a lot too. One of my favorites. Creep Show One and Two. Cat's Eye. Awesome. He really just listed all of them. I'll just keep going. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> Twilight Zone, uh, The Tales from the Dark Side, Chillerama, 
Yeah. Love it. Campfire Tales. I don't know what that is. I still haven't seen I've still never seen I, Campfire Tales. I've actually seen that. But that's the one, right? That's got um David um, Johansson? No, well, I that guess Campfire. Isn't that the one that's got God damn it, I can't think of his name. Sam from Lord of the Rings. Um Sean Aston. Sean Aston. Doesn't that have Sean Aston in it? <laughs> Look at this steel trap. Anyway, yeah. while you figure that out, I'll keep going with Andrew's <laughs> list. Quicksilver Highway. That's a Stephen King one. Whoa. Uh, then we had Black Sabbath. Yes. Yeah. Fucking Bava, yo. Oh. And with uh, uh, Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. Ozzy Osbourne. Well, yeah, it's, you joke, but they took the name I from the movie. Know. And then he lastly says, All Hallows Eve. Nothing. Okay. Brian McNeil. I just... I, just, I, I the, Every time I hear that title, I think of the one that we had submitted in Halloween uh, Inclusive that I didn't care for yep. um, a couple of years ago. But I have to realize now he's referring to the one that's got the clown in it from Terrifier. So... Ah... Uh. Brian McNeil says, Trick or Treat, Cat's Eye, Twilight Zone. Okay, quick, Twilight Zone, the movie, everybody's favorite segment. Or you just not even remember. Mine's the Joe Dante one where, um, with the kid that has the powers to create anything. Because it's so fucking over-the-top cartoonish. And I remember watching that as a kid. Oh, yeah. That segment where, um, where he pulls the rabbit out of the hat and it's just this big, gnarly, fucking monstrous rabbit. Scared the shit out of me. I I gotta go with the uh, the John Lithgow uh, yep. Nightmare at 20,000 Feet remake. Definitely that. From the, the original uh, William Shatner piece that they redid. Oh, that moment when when he sticks his head out that window and the freaking gremlin... Gets right yeah. in his face and does the finger back and forth motion. It's freaking awesome. Yeah, and John Lithgow, just him screaming and freaking out. And I think yep. uh, John Lithgow is probably one of the most underrated actors I've ever seen in my life. Oh, because yeah. Because that, that guy can make you piss your pants laughing, and he can also make you piss your pants because you're terrified. Mm-hmm. What was the, what was the movie where he was like a, um, where he was like a bad guy who was a killer? Well, blowout, blowout. Thank you. He was great. Brian on, De Palma on Dexter. He was great. Oh yeah, that fourth season of Dexter. Man, he was terrifying. So good. And that soup commercial. Fuck yeah. All right. <laughs> Third rock from the sun. Did you have a favorite? Tad didn't answer your question. Oh. Your um, question. I would say, oh man, maybe when John Landis decapitated a guy. Okay. Moving on. Up next, we got. <laughs> <laughs> our, our buddy Mike Reeb. He says, "Big Mike." He says, "Trilogy of Terror, Night Train to Terror." West. Night Train to Terror is awesome. <laughs> it's terrible, but it's awesome. It's terrible. Terrible. Uh, uh, Waxwork. Awesome. Oh yeah. House to Drip Wait, Blood. What? I guess you could consider an anthology. Kinda I mean, good. it's still one straight story, but. When they go into the waxworks, there's just that little, I guess, yeah. mini story going each, on. Yeah, each exhibit presents a story, I guess. House that drip blood, and pretty much any of the ones from Amicus. 
And let's see, over on our Facebook page, we got Willis Wheeler says, Tales from the Hood 1. Don't waste time with the new one. Damn it, Willis. Wish you would have got to us sooner. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, Tales... What you talking about, Willis? Yeah, I knew it. I was... Like I'm, like I'm sure he hasn't heard that a thousand times, poor guy. <laughs> you should really? Hear I thought I was making a new pun. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Creep Shows 1 and 2. Trilogy of Terror 1 and 2. I don't think I've seen the... I haven't seen the second one. I think it was... Well, I guess they technically were both made for TV. But I remember the cover for Trilogy of Terror 2, and it was all just a big, giant close-up shot of the the tiki monster the the tiki doll so and i have a feeling they focused way more on that in the second one yeah he says trilogy terror one and two just for the zuni doll ye ye lol and heavy metal heavy metal yeah um you know it's questionable about it being a horror film but it's got that segment, which I think is creepy uh, as yeah, fuck. Fucking right. Of the of that of the uh, World War Two and the plane crashes and those zombies. Yeah, yeah. It scared me as a kid when I watched it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah, the heavy metal. Yeah, heavy metal, that's the it. animated movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's got that's got EC written all over it. Oh for sure. I think. Yeah. Nick Leadham comments says, "Thanks for the ride, lady." <laughs> Willis says, "Hello." Yeah. We used to do that all the time in high school. We thought that was no. the funniest fucking thing back then. We used to walk up and down the halls of high school, but thanks for the ride, lady. Alex Crisis, Evil Dead. Alex says, "What? Alien? What? Do you well, not understand the question?" He's a cool like, musician friend. Don't give him shit. Maybe it's like a. Uh, an anthology of maybe he's thinking an anthology of films, like series, a- uh, Alien One. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Calvin Goodluckson looks Goodluckson says Creep Show and Twilight Zone the movie. Derek Wyrather says Trick or Treat and Tales from the Hood. Yo, I'll admit it was the first time I seen Tales from the Hood. Yeah, I forgot to mention that it was my first time really? too. I thought yeah. I had, but I hadn't. I, I well, knew wow. I hadn't, but I yep. think I got it on Direct TV back in like '96. I I saw it a long time ago, and now I want that kick-ass Blu-ray you were looking at. I'm on there. Yeah, that cover was cool. The, Sh- the Shout Factory. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good, and the the making of on there is is really oh, really neat. good too. Okay. Uh, next we got Derek Patello. Says horror anthology films, you say? My favorite shub mm-hmm. subgenre. Creep Show, Tales from the Crypt, Trilogy of Terror, Asylum. Trick or Treat, Spring to Mind. For some reason I knew he would have some Amicus films on there. Yep. I don't know why, but. And Christian Santiago replies, says, I agree with you, some of the best. Joe Nidal says, Creep Show, First Two, and Trick or Treat. Eli Luna says body bags. Ooh, yeah, Hell first yeah. mention of body bags. That's a good one. That's good a good one. one. Holidays. Southbound. Yeah, was holidays good. was super hit and miss for me on the segments. Like, I yeah. either liked it or absolutely hated it. Whoa. That's got Kevin Smith involved in it, right? Yeah, yeah that, he directed one of them. He did the yeah. Christmas one, I think. Yeah. With uh, with his daughter as a freaking porn actress. Yeah, that's it's not weird. 
not weird at all. But it's got one of my favorites of all time from any movie. Doesn't I think so? Isn't it the Father's Day one where it's the that girl following around the, the tape, tape recording of her of her father's voice? Which, by the way, was freaking. Um, why can I? I every twenty four hours Sean a day, Aston. I can name I can name any actor from any movie. <laughs> we fucking start recording, and I can't remember shit. Um, fucking Burt Gummer, god damn it. Oh my gosh. It's Burt Gummer. You're going to make me hang on this, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he did the voice. Continue with your shout-outs. Anyway, where were we? You'll remember it in five minutes. Michael Gross! Ah! <laughs> like Family Ties, Michael Gross? Yep. Yeah. He also said Southbound was pretty good. He's right. Oh I, oh, I loved Southbound, and yep. that had, that had kind of a unique, uh, you know, I love the one, you know, like Trick or Treat's the same way, and just how like all the stories are glued together, not just not just because of a wraparound of somebody sitting there telling stories like in Tales from the Hood or Tales from the Crypt or whatever, but that they they have a common linked bond in them too. So yeah, is Southbound is fantastic. Yep. I like Southbound, but did you did you guys ever see the Theater Bazaar? Nope. No, no. I it's, know when you're talking about it's, though. It's it's got good stories in it, but the really cool thing is that it's one person that wanders into this theater and basically Yudo Kerr is like he's almost like a Pinocchio type character, like a wooden automaton character. And the more stories that this person, this like, I believe it's this girl that's sitting there eating popcorn or listening to him telling stories, the more he uh, keeps telling these stories, the more human he becomes. And the more human he becomes, the more this uh, person sitting in there listening to him starts turning to wood. It's just kind of a very cool wraparound story that's... That, that's presented there i think it's i think you guys would kind of find you may not you may it may be hit or miss with you guys but i think you might find it's worth a watch one of the uh, i just want I, I will definitely check that out but um going back to southbound the, one of the directors patrick horvath is a burlington native born Whoa. and raised cool. yeah really he uh graduated from notre dame i believe he uh and he Skyped with us after we showed it at the Capitol. Cool. Yeah, little connection wow. there. I had no idea until we were getting ready to screen it, and the uh, studio was like, hey, one of the directors here is from Burlington. I thought, well, probably not the same Burlington. They said, no, Burlington, <laughs> Iowa. And Patrick is a very talented artist. Um, find him on Instagram. He does these awesome little paintings. He does them almost, probably almost daily. They're incredible. And... Uh, great director and super nice guy and he judges for the snake alley festival film every year too he, he uh judges the horror section so cool yeah cool so cool little roots back to uh iowa awesome that's very cool um yeah eli says everyone else covered the good stuff uh next we got brett royer says the signal from 2007 yeah. I'm trying to remember. Yes, I've seen it. We can move on. <laughs> Noah Schmitz says VHS. Oh, I was going to bring that up in honorable mentions. 
Good call. Yeah, we so did skip honorable mentions. Good. I'm sorry. I love the VHS movies. Um, I do too. Uh, well, the third viral. Third one, what's yeah, that? Viral. Oh, that's viral, right? The third one. Yeah, viral. Not so much, but yeah, the first two are great. I like the first them. two are great. Um, yeah, we had a submission this year to Halloween to Plaza. It's been long enough. I can I can start talking about these <laughs> movies, right? You guys have got to see it if you haven't already. Um, you got to check it out. It's called Jason. <laughs> the fear footage. The fear footage. Very, oh, very, yeah. very VHS, but it was. Oh my God, we guys, loved it. It, yeah. it. I, if you're listening, I, we're friends now on Instagrams and stuff with the podcast. Um, so I don't mean this bad, guys. If you're listening, but like the filmmaking quality or the production value, like it's not so good. There's some technical issues like that may not, take you out of the out of it a little bit, but I still low, think they did a good it's job. Super low budget. But the found footage concept. I shit you not. It's the scariest fucking thing I've seen in years. And I'm the same way. I Uh, don't jump anymore, really, but this movie got me several times. And several moments of just overall creepiness. Hiding behind the pillow the whole fucking time. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, the fear footage. So good. VHS goodness. And then VHS 2, the sequence... Uh, with the devil-y thing, and the, I just remember that being like one of the scariest goddamn things I've ever seen. Yeah, that whole cult one. Cult thing. That cult oh, one stole the show oh. on that one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But then what was great about that is it didn't fucking stop, right? It started and, yeah. fucked up, and it, it continued get out of it. fucked yeah. up. And then when it went off the rails and it was a full-on demon shit, you know, it, it was oh still fucked God, up. It still out. just kept going. and just yeah. was strong through the whole freaking thing. So. And it was like the longest one, too. Usually in any anthology movie, the longest segment's always the worst one. But, like, that wasn't the case with this oh. one. I, that could have been a whole feature, I think, for so me. So scary. All right. Tim Lennerer <coughs> says, Tales from the Hood is a masterpiece. It comes across exactly like Spike Lee was working... For Amicus in the 70s. Back in the 70s, I've got a lot of love for From Beyond the Grave. For its amazing cast and for David Warner playing a victim. The 80s belonged to Creepshow with its heightened comic book reality and astonishing Leslie Nielsen performance. And the 2000s gave us Trick or Treat, which played around with time but was set in the same location. Good job, Tim. Those are good ones. Um, Gabriel Barron says, Creep Show, Tales from the Hood, From Beyond the Grave, 1031. 10 slash 31. I don't know what that is. I don't know I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I mean, it's I Halloween, but... Oh, we got Tales of Halloween, VHS Viral, Asylum, and Christmas Horror Story. Yeah, I like oh, that. I like yeah. that one, too. Yeah. Like that is a good one. And William Shatner is in that one. Uh-huh. The DJ. Yeah, he's the DJ. The one with the Santa Claus, like the that was the that was the deal breaker for me. I freaking loved that one. You know, I could have gone a whole movie of just Santa Claus finding Krampus yeah. and it would have been fucking cool. Fuck yeah. But then they throw that <laughs> twist in there and I'm like, oh. it's still fucking cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and then we got Joe Castro throwing up some Pictures. He's got nightmares. Okay. 
I'm glad to know I'm not the only one who's ever seen this movie, but has anybody on, on the show here seen this one? Can't say that I have. This is one of those moments in your life. This is a, it's one I saw a long time ago. A long time ago. And it's one of those moments in life, like, you know, if you're my age and you remember watching the the Star Wars Halloween, or the, the Star Wars Holiday Special, actually on TV when it happened, and then you think for years that you dreamt it because you... You, you know, you didn't think it was real because there was never any reference to it up until, like, the day of, of huh. bootlegging the thing. It was the same thing with this movie. I'm like, did I make up this movie in my head? I, for years I couldn't find it, and I didn't, I could, I didn't even know, remember the name of it. Um, but it, it's a really, it is a really cool, um, it's got some really cool stuff in it uh, as it as a uh, anthology film. It's got... it. You know, it's kind of old. It's kind of old to be. Um, the first story is kind of like old hat at this point. Basically, it's the opening scene of Urban Legend, where you know, woman goes to the gas station. The gas station attendant's creepy, um, but he's trying to warn her that there's something even creepier in her backseat. You know, that whole thing. So, and but I think it's one of the best examples of that whole Urban Legend put the film. And the gas station attendant was um, Daryl from Larry Daryl and Daryl from the Newhart Show. It's got Emilio Estevez in it, um, where he gets sucked mm. into a video game. Um, it's got Lance Hendrickson in it, where he fights a yes. semi truck. Um, <laughs> it's a semi. <laughs> well, not like fist fights, but <laughs> but yeah, kind of kind of duel esque. Uh, I was gonna say, like, doesn't isn't Emilio Estevez? Supposed to be the guy that's fighting the semi. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong movie. And then yeah. I think the last segment was. Um, these people fighting giant rats, and at the time, I'm probably way wrong now. But at the time, I thought it was like the greatest giant rat effects ever put to film. But you haven't seen it. since. But I haven't seen it since, so uh, probably not. Anyway, I just was excited to talk about nightmares. Move on. I'm good. Joe Castro also <laughs> mentions dead time stories. Romero. And then he also mentions, this is a bloody anthology movie, holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the highest body count in a slasher movie, The Summer of Massacre. Hmm. I have not seen that. He's got a picture of the cover there. Well, definitely got to check it out if it's holding records and shit. Yeah. Um, Amber Bigger says, Creep Show. Not the third one, though. Trick or oh, Treat. Oh, fuck the third one. VHS. Nick Leadham says, aside from the first two creep shows, Campfire Tales, 1997, was a favorite growing up. Tales from the Dark Side and Three Extremes are great. Three yeah, extremes. I was going to mention Three Extremes, too. Never yeah. seen that. Oh, yeah, well, um, Takashi Miike's got a segment uh, on that one. Oh, shit. Oh. And, and then it got turned in there's one it might have been his i'm trying to remember but one of them got turned into a feature like there's one called uh is that cello i think it's, I think it's dumplings oh dumpling. yeah i'm sorry i'm oh, thinking yeah. something else dumplings yes you're right yeah but i heard the feature isn't as strong as the short never no. is how could no. it be right right Taking a short and turning it into a feature who does that shit hate it more okay uh <laughs> sorry he says, I've been meaning to watch Cat's Eye for a while, but have yet to. It's been a while since I've seen it, but love it. It's yeah. been a long time. Yeah. Dave Morsey says, Christmas Horror Story. And then lastly on Facebook, we got Michael Ciros. 
says prophecy return of the living dead I think he was thinking what Seriously? Alex was thinking yeah but anyway uh, there's nothing on Twitter nothing on Instagram you sons of bitches you gotta be commenting over there yeah what's anyway. up with that shit <laughs> anyway uh, you can always I, what I just I, I wanted to ask you guys and I'm just from me to you uh, I know this creep show and you know, other films were were mentioned a lot. What would your guys' uh, favorite segments be from, let's just say, Creepshow, of the Creepshow films? Of what was your favorite segments? Are you are you saying combined, or are you t- asking yeah. which our favorite let's segment go. from each one? Let's, one and let's two. Go, uh, let's go combined. Okay, because that is easy. Just the first one's far superior to the second one, but... Jason, you can go first. No, I like, I like the raft. I like the the crate. Well, the raft is obviously the best of part two, but I'm sorry, and I'm biased. I'm just gonna say it. Any segment from the first one's far superior. Huh? Any? Mm. Jordy Verrill included. Even Jordy Verrill. Yeah. Even the cockroach one. Even even the buried in the sand. Oh fuck yeah! That one's I'm just awesome. Ted, Ted dancing. See, mm. I, I'm a big fan of the raft. Yeah, me too. I, the, the, I, I loved, I loved the raft. I'll, I'll tell you what, it, it was like one of the. Um, it's one of the. It's the. It's one of the scariest segments of an anthology film. Just the fact that you know he gets to the he gets to the beach there and the thing thing still gets him. Fucked me up when I first saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, watching it now, I'm like. Why wouldn't you just get further into the beach? Why did you stay right at the edge, idiot? Well, you wouldn't have known. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Tell me you wouldn't be running your ass off at that point. No, he was safe. He was finally safe. All right, whatever. You didn't know that it could do that. You shut up. I just know I wouldn't have been sticking around, even to laugh at you it. Didn't also, I wouldn't sit there and be like, uh, You also didn't no. answer his question. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, in part three, the segment? No, Stop I'm kidding. It. Uh, yeah. the it's got to be the crate. I love. I really love the crate. The crate is great. Dad, man, I like. I don't want to be that guy, but the crate. It's tough to choose <laughs> yeah. anything else. I love that. Father's Day. It's fun too. Yeah, Father's Day. It's just to see, just to see Ed Harris dancing. That's kind of horrifying too. The, his waist <laughs> doing that little disco number. <clears throat> um, fun fact for all you Romero files out there: John, John, oh, excuse me, John Amplis, who played Martin in George Romero, George Romero's movie Martin, played the zombified father in the Father's Day segment. Boom! Knowledge. Everybody knew that. Mind blown. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) But Creep Show's rule. They're both good. Come on. They're great. They're great. The first two were awesome. Yep. Well, anyway. And also, fun knowledge, the cinematographer for the first Creep Show, uh, George Romero staple Michael Gornick, was the director of Part 2. See, that's why Part 2 is still good. Anyway, third no- I just wanted to third let y'all know that you can always give us a call on our hotline at 415-952-6857. Uh, 
That gets a, a voicemail you can leave and we'll play it on the show and get to hear your pretty voice. But you got help help you remember that number. It's 415-95-AOTKP and that's shoutouts. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. <laughs> Everybody in the world's. Everybody who has ears. It's insane's picks. <laughs> Okay, so I'm not going to talk about a horror film this episode. Sorry, and to be on, to be perfectly honest, um, I haven't had a chance to rewatch anything for the segment for this episode. Uh, but then it kind of dawned on me. I think it, I thought it might be fun to kind of talk about rewatching a classic favorite of mine that is definitely falls into the realm of insane's pick, even though it's not a horror film, um, but definitely horrific in in some moments. And the fact that um, I watched it with a, a friend of mine who's never seen it before. And I, I I am kind of a sadist when it comes to movies. I'm kind of sadistic in the fact that, like, I love... I, I kind of like what Tad does with his, with his birthday um, movie, movie experience. But uh, I like inviting friends over and then just making them watch the most fucked up shit I can think of. So... I just recently sat down um, with a friend of mine and and made them watch uh, Pink Flamingos. Yeah. Nice. Uh. Now, for those who've never seen Pink Flamingos, John Waters' classic. It was it's the one that really put him on the map. Um, to be perfectly honest, it's not my favorite John Waters movie. I still love the movie, but uh, um, uh, there's others that I I love even more than Pink Flamingos. Uh, but uh, P- Pink Flamingo, simple enough. It's just uh, it's two separate families fighting for the title of filthiest people alive. You've got Divine in his most divineness, the movie that basically cemented Divine um, as the actor actress that he was. Um, and I'll, I'll say actor, like he really wasn't. I mean, he was he was a real life you know drag queen. But he didn't want to be remembered for that. He just wanted to be remembered as an actor, and he has also played plenty of male roles. Um, but like, I, for me, he was—he's always the, the the, which is a testimony to his acting skills. I think he's always been the most convincing man in drag playing a woman in in cinema history. Like, I'm always sucked in thinking he's a woman, and every time, mm. every time he's in drag. <clears throat> um, uh, it's got Mick Stoll in it, um, and I'll be honest, like, with her uh, marker-dyed marker red hair and those freaking gaudy glasses that she wears in the movie, I had a big crush on Mick Stoll from Pink Flamingos in this movie. Um, you know, that, that kind of shows you where my brain is at. Uh, and it's just filled with grossness and um offensive material shocking material again uh crowning john waters the title the prince of puke or any of the other monikers that he's been given over the years um you're talking everything from like singing assholes to um uh eating dog shit of course the most famous moment of the film um <clears throat> And, but, 
but it's it, it, yes, it's exploitive for sure, but it doesn't feel overly exploitive. <laughs> I like in a bad way where it just okay. So obviously the movie was made to shock and awe, right? But it doesn't feel like one of those movies that's like that's the whole purpose of the movie. To me, there's so much more that goes on in Pink Flamingos. I can sit down and watch this movie and be captivated and drawn into the characters and the dialogue, which is typical over-the-top John Waters dialogue, like this is not how people talk type of stuff. Um, <clears throat> I'm just, I just am captivated, entertained, and get invested in these characters when I shouldn't. There's no reason to be. Um, there's just something magical about this movie for me. And to be honest, I'm not the first person that's had this opinion. I've shown it to people before that sh that has shared the same opinion. That like, even though you can't look away from this film based on what's going on and you're disgusted, there's just something captivating by something captivating about these characters. There's a certain charm to them, even though they're all filthy and disgusting people that you wouldn't want to ever meet in real life. So, but with that said, the fun part is watching it with, with this friend of mine and watching um, their reactions to the film. And that is the joy that I get out of forcing friends to watch fucked up shit. There's just <laughs> one point in the movie that all I heard for five minutes was, oh my god, 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 oh my god. Um, just totally in shock. Watching her watching this movie through through the fingers of her eyes not wanting to look away but not wanting to look at the same time it was it was why made the movie this. even better for me what's that that's why you do this that's why i do this <laughs> so it's always a fun experiment um yeah i think i take it more uh, to an extreme than than tad does but hopefully not. Maybe that would be cool if Ted did that at his next birthday bash with yeah. Pink Flamingos. So if you like gross and disgusting stuff and you've never seen it before, um, seriously, Pink Flamingos. It is a great movie. Despite all of its grossness, despite it's a, its production flaws, which I love I love the production flaws personally, um, it's a great flick. So check it out. I know it's not a horror movie, but it is filthy and disgusting. Pink Flamingos. You you brought up two films that were being considered for the running after, uh, yeah. You were considering it? Oh, I was that... considering Pink Flamingos and, I bet you won't guess the second one, the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. I don't know which one would be more disturbing to watch. I was going to actually put it on the playlist and start it so people would like just groan and be like, I can't believe you're doing this to us, and then skip forward to... The real movie. <laughs> Did I tell you guys the book I found at Jay's Collectibles in Des Moines? Did I tell that story yet? I think so. Oh, okay. Never mind that. We don't there's listen. Book. Yeah. yeah, there's a book that validates that the Star Wars Holiday Special happened. Because it's a whole book about the Wookiee family. This children's book. That I actually remember owning as a child, too. I wish I would have bought it. Oh, it happened. Oh, yeah. There's no denying it now. But I love how it expanded beyond... As far as like merchandising goes, it expanded beyond just that one-time holiday special airing I on TV. I get a copy of the Star Wars 
special. There's a very nice HD copy. You're not HD, but like you know, as high quality as it can be yeah. on U- yeah. YouTube. And someone even like pulled the little animated section from I think a Blu-ray and, and spliced it back in. So it's as good as it will ever exist. Like well, I know a guy that makes uh, uh, bootlegs of like VHS tapes. And he makes and he and they're actually very high quality. Uh, he, um, uh, I actually have Cobra Kai season one on VHS. Nice, nice. And it's heard? actually very good quality. Then I assume you've heard of VHSPS. VH mm. VHSPS. It's, it's a, a com- it's a company that yeah that that burns VH uh, uh, unreleased yeah. Uh, like stuff ah, that was released that on video but never released in any other format, and they do an amazing. They're they're you could call them bootlegs, but right. You you agree? It's kind to, of a disservice to call them bootlegs because yeah. the quality is so good. Yeah, and, and they're oh, constantly cool. upgrading their like if they come across a better version of whatever, then they'll re they'll start using that version. You know, they're constantly improving, getting better. The quality is outstanding. The covers. The artwork, the artwork is is full on based on the copied VHS. off of the cover. Like even if like it had like one of those green stickers that said horror on it, so you know it goes in the horror. It would have that on there. And when I when we say high quality, I don't want you to get confused thinking like we're not talking like HD quality or anything like that. We're just talking about the quality of the discs themselves. It they still mm-hmm. look like they're VHS, including a lot of times they'll have like the FBI warning from the old VHS oh, on yeah. it. It's just oh, like yeah. straight ripped from the VHSs. Um, yeah. When I say quality is like, I know I've bought bootlegs before that play once and then never play again. <laughs> um, oh, but, wow. But these are like, these discs are, are of the quality. That's the VHS point we're making. Quality you'll see. Yeah. yeah I, I have several other discs and I, I'd recommend them all day. They're awesome. I'll have to check it out. Oh, so that's it then. Sorry, I thought you <laughs> still had more to say on that. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's it for the episode, gang. Um, wow, it was a good one. It was a good one. Yeah, good, good times. Yep. Again, want to thank um, our special guest, Camila. Uh, Cam- yeah, I was getting. Oh, <laughs> I was getting there. I was just trying to help. I feel pretty proud up until this moment of pronouncing your name right through the whole movie, so I didn't want to fuck it up right at the end. But, yeah, thanks again for being on. Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, special thanks out there to the Patreon supporters. Don't forget, you, too, could be a Patreon supporter and tell Andy to do a video. I'm not cooking you anything. (laughs) (laughs) If you give enough money, he will cook, I promise. (laughs) We'll add a new tier just for that. Yes! (laughs) <laughs> cooking okay. Vincent Price, dude. Video. You gotta this have is... him at Halloween to Palooza next year doing a cooking demo. Yes, yes. <laughs> in his full, full Vincent jacket. Price. Yep. I'm yep. gonna, I'm gonna have to get that pencil thin mustache. Oh, yeah. Nice. You have a year yeah. to grow it. So, yep. you sons of bitches, <laughs> <laughs> pay attention. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Be like uh, the most obscenity laced Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah, I just want to. I just want to hear Vincent Price say the word "fuck." That's all I want. As Vincent Price burns his hands and drops <laughs> shit. 
Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We got to go. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Goodbye. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? Attack of the Killer Podcast.